Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo. Skag 3, whoever he is. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. You are a terrific team on all counts. Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement, this is the Matt and Blonde Show. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international over to Bitch, you got coronavirus. Dr. Fauci, knowing that it is a crime to lie to Congress, do you wish to retract your statement of May 11th where you claimed that the NIH never funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan? Senator Paul, I have never lied before the Congress, and I do not retract that statement. This paper that you are referring to was judged by qualified staff as not being gain of function. You take an animal virus and you increase its transmissibility to humans, you're saying that's not gain of function? Yeah, that is correct. Senator Paul, you do not know what you are talking about, quite frankly, and I want to say that officially. They took animal viruses and they increased their transmissibility to humans. How you can say that is not gain of function? It is not. I totally resent the lie that you are now propagating. If anybody is lying, it is you. I doubt it. You are fake news. Very fake news. You suck, you jackass. I agree with that. All right, America. Go to the YouTube right now. Big ups to Rebecca for keeping that woke. Congratulations to both of you. You're awesome. I can't do it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I'll write it and we'll do it live. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly the best. You can ask anyone about that. People often do, I'm told. This is the Matt and Blonde Show. My name is Matt Christensen. I'm flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Hello. I swear to God, it is not a bit. I swear we're not trolling. I swear it's not some joke that we're trying to pull, Uh, but the much-anticipated, much-promoted great severed uh, toe reveal is delayed yet another week due to some sort of airline problems, which is exactly why you're still in an undisclosed location. We'll get into my travel foibles in a few minutes, but I, I am in travel hell right now. And since being on hold uh, since 11 a.m. today, Delta has just now put me through their text service so that I can sort out my flight situation just now. So I, I don't know what else to do. I'm going to have to answer them during the show because I can't do this again tomorrow. We may have texting. We may have intermittent technical issues, um, but we tested them thoroughly before the show, which means they're about five seconds from failing right now that we've gone live. <laughs> yeah. We appreciate your patience. And, um, you know, if you're mad at us, uh, send your hate mail to help at Delta dot com or whatever the email is over there. Anyway, the news uh, waits for nobody, even if the severed toe or travel plans must. So we have plenty to talk about tonight. Delta variant hysteria grips the nation as Dr. Fauci, as of this morning, is, quote, actively considering revising federal guidelines to uh, advise remasking vaccinated people, (laughs) not just the rest of us unvaccinated idiot rubes. 
but the jabbed will have to put on the masks as well, potentially. And speaking of Dr. Fauci, as you you heard in the intro there, he definitely did not fund the creation of the virus or the lab that likely made the virus. But Rand Paul is now asking for charges against Fauci for lying to Congress about it uh, anyway. But of course, that's not going to happen because the Justice Department is, as we'll get to early, um, charging people and putting them in prison for eight months for walking around in the wrong place. Getting to the important things first. Uh, Joe Biden has a an absolutely terrible, stumbly, bumbly, nonsensical town hall in which he <laughs> denies sucking the blood of children, even though nobody really accused him of that, at least directly <laughs> in that moment. And um, he doubles down on the defense the, the next day, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. even though, again, nobody was accusing him of sucking children's blood, at least in that particular line of questioning. Ugh. And. We have to come back to it. We'll revisit the Black Rifle Coffee controversy now that the company leadership has responded. Uh, I don't think either of us are particularly satisfied with the explanations offered by the company leadership, but we do owe them a listen after the savagery of last week, nonetheless. And uh, we have Hoax Hate to close, and tonight's movie review is Young Frankenstein, so stick around for that. And we will check in with Super Chats on YouTube, Tippy Stream, Trovo, and DLive in between topics. 10 bucks and up on the Sunday show because we are no good low down money grabbers. Of course, we'll take as many as we can until 1130 p.m. Eastern. So get them in early if you'd like them read, please. And thank you. It will be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material. Remember, you can find everything show related and support the show over on the website. That's mattchristensenmedia.com. And don't forget, the show store is up and running. We have T-shirts, we have mugs, we have hats, we have it all. Plus, we have special deals from friendly listener-owned businesses as well. This week's feature business is our friends over at Sonoran Defense Technologies. If you've listened to the show for a while, you know that Sonoran Defense does the absolute best custom Glock work around their laser stippling. Not only makes uh, for an eye catcher at the range, but the grip feels as good as it looks. And their laser work is totally customizable. So whether you'd like a new eye catcher or you want to spruce up a Glock that's been sitting around in your safe for a while, Sonoran can shine it up nicely for you. And Sonoran also does custom graphic laser work on AR and AK magazines as well, from highly detailed artistry to uh, whatever your favorite meme of the moment is. But you know, with the the gun market and the ammo market, the way that they are these days, you might want to know that Sonoran's custom laser work isn't just for Glocks or guns. They can laser engrave all sorts of items from knives to drinkware and more. They even laser engraved the show's artwork onto the very PC that I use to stream the show. So whatever your custom laser engraving needs may be, check out our friends at Sonoran Defense. That's SonoranDefense.com. Is there a murder of a child happening <laughs> I just heard my child bonk her head. All right. Hopefully she's okay. Uh, anyway, back to our friends at Sonoran Defense. Follow them on Instagram at Sonoran Defense for secret designs you might not find anywhere else. Um, Sonoran offers listeners of this show 10% off all their products and services using promo code G's. That's J. I'm going to mute that for a moment. That's J-E-E-Z for 10% off with Sonoran Defense. Find everything you need from Sonoran Defense, plus other great offers from the rest of our friendly listener-owned businesses, including uh, Charity Swipes, Hero Soap Company, <laughs> Phoenix Ammunition, and more. That's mattchristensenmedia.com slash deals. Deals for listeners, by listeners. Okay, has the murder been resolved? 
They're going upstairs. Okay. <laughs> I just started to say that. All right. Oh, we're uh, good. We're good. So, so Okay. So you, you wanted to explain your travel snafu a little bit more before we hop into the, the week's news. Oh, yeah. Look, Delta. Oh, my. I'm so sorry to hear this. You've certainly been through a lot. Thank you <laughs> for your empathy. Uh, oh, my gosh. Okay. So I'll just give a quick rundown. It's actually not very quick, but I, I'm going to talk about this because I'm very depressed about what happened. So I was trying to go home on Wednesday, Thursday. It must have been Thursday. And um, I get on the plane and we're on the tarmac. I'm like, all right, going home. We're, we're, I'm getting there. And then we're on there for like a little bit too long. I see a plane mechanic come out to the wing and then the captain comes on. He's like, we've discovered that there is a one inch by one inch chip of paint missing from the wing. Um, we think it might be old, but we need to pull the uh, maintenance records for this for this plane to see if this is an old thing. And if it's an old thing that we can go ahead and get going. And so like 20 minutes later, he comes back and he's like the maintenance record for this, um, this aircraft, uh, they've been lost. So we're going to have to, uh, deboard and put this plane through a maintenance cycle, which will take five hours. And this and is probably was, federally regulated by the way. It's not oh, their discretion. I bet. I bet the FAA requires it. Yeah, I know. I know. It's, t- it's totally ridiculous. Maybe it was a legitimate maintenance thing. Somebody told me this is what brought down the Challenger, but but who knows? Hmm. And then, um, so I missed my. I was going to miss my layover, so they refunded me. They told me my luggage was going to be in baggage claim, and then they lost my luggage with all of my camera equipment in it, even though the aircraft had never taken off the ground. They were like, "Well, we don't know where your luggage is." I was like, "It's in the plane. It's in." <laughs> The plane. I, I know where it is. So yeah. I finally get it back. And then I go back to my undisclosed location um, and I book another flight. And I'm like, all right. And then right before this second flight, I get a notice that the flight is delayed. I'm going to miss my other layover again. I'm going to miss it again. They haven't refunded me for the first flight and for the second flight. Uh, it's, so I try to get on the, on hold with Delta. And um, there's another. there's like a six and a half hour wait. And so I get a call because I've missed my second flight from the airport and it's a Delta representative. And she's like, okay, we're gonna, uh, instead of refunding you, we're going to put you on a different airline from Denver to Spokane. And I'm like, great. And so I get it. I I deal with it with all of her and I'm like, sweet, I'm going to be able to go home on Tuesday. Everything's going to be fine. And then I finally get the confirmation email. This stupid bitch has booked me on a flight from Denver to Seattle and Seattle doesn't have any (laughs) rental cars. So I have no way of getting home from, from Seattle. And so I have been on hold with Delta all day to sort this out. Um, I t- contacted United and they were like, oh, you, you were never booked. They didn't even book me on the incorrect flight. And so after being on hold for what, seven hours today, just now, just because they can tell that I'm doing something important. Yeah. Delta messages me and they, they want to talk about how I've had such a hard few days. You know, this is so outrageous. I, I live in America. I'm trying to go from a large city to a medium sized city. I'm fucking stranded for five days days five days with my baby i was going to be stranded in salt lake city if if i didn't have people here like i'm not trying to do anything crazy i'm trying to get from one city to another city in the united states of america this is this is third world horse shit and everything is so screwed up from basic travel to trying to order a freaking pizza in town because everybody's workforce is so short-staffed and um and the people who are working are often new you know they're tempted by that $1,500 signing bonus to be a customer service agent at Delta or wherever else. Everything is so screwed up. But of course, we're supposed to believe that's just the natural consequence of the pandemic. Nothing to nothing at all to do with the policy choices that we've made along the way. Oh, she's like, are you there? 
Are you there? And if you want to, <laughs> if you want to send your hate mail, you just send it to uh, delta.com slash help slash incompetent minority. How about that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a lot of hate in that heart. But um, yes, uh, I've had that. I've, I've had the experience of um, foreign call center for sure. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the lady I, was from the airport. She's still screwed up. She sounded <laughs> white, too. Oh, my God. Are you? Okay. Have you had your fill? I think that's it. I just, you know, this is a this is really upsetting, not because I haven't seen my husband in three weeks, although that's a bummer, too, but because I'm trying to interact with the broken infrastructure of this country that's failing miserably. And it's just making me see that, like, first it's airplanes and then it's, you know, supermarkets with half the shelves empty and it's going to be like Soviet Russia. Like we're almost there. Yeah, I don't I don't even think it's an infrastructure thing necessarily. I think it's just what have we done to discourage people from working? A lot yeah. of that stuff is just people not doing work that needs to be done because they have other incentives to sit on the couch or do whatever else they're doing. Yeah, so, I know. And so in that way, they're right. It is coronavirus. Yeah, indirectly. Anyway, uh, the only other thing I wanted to say before uh, we get started here is that uh, a few listeners have uh, brought to my attention the last few weeks or even a month or so. The show has not been properly syncing to BitChute. Mm-hmm. I've, uh, thank you for bringing that to my attention, by the way. And I've been in touch with the, uh, the help center at BitChute, who seems to be more responsive than the help center at Delta. And they tell me that the issue is now fixed. So as of tonight's show, you should be able to see the show on BitChute. Uh, soon after we're live. And if the issues persist, please do let me know and we'll see if we can get those taken care of. As always, if you're having trouble finding the show on your preferred platform, head on over to the website, mattchristensenmedia.com. You will find everywhere it's available, including several options if you prefer to avoid YouTube. All right, let's get into the news. And um, we have the first felony sentence that we had sentencing before. Remember, we had misdemeanor grandma who walked around. Oh, yeah. Um, but now we have a guy who has been sentenced for the, the the first felony sentence. But as far as we can tell, let me get the article up here. As far as we can tell, he basically also just walked around. It's just I guess he did it in the Senate chamber, which makes his case felonious instead of a lower, lower scale like the grandma. Yeah, um, his name is Paul Allard Hodgkins. He's 38. So for sure, I thought that he had done something else because he got eight months in prison. Uh, He was arrested February 16th after the FBI received a tip identifying him. Fucking narc. Who narked out this guy? It doesn't say. It's just a tip generally. Just a tip. Just a tip. Mm. Um, I probably should have phrased it differently. But yeah, thank you. I said just a tip. No, I I invited that. That was my fault. (laughs) Um, That just identified him amongst this this mob of people uh, in photos and videos inside the Capitol. So he pled guilty in June to a single felony count of obstructing an official proceeding, which inexplicably carries a maximum sentence of 20 years in prison. So I see why he pled, right? I mean, 20 years in prison for standing in the Capitol building. Uh, yeah, but there he is right next to uh, Viking Shaman Man, the yeah. ultimate criminal of our time, guilty by association. Um, a U.S. District Court Judge Randolph Moss of Washington uh, said, quote, although you were the only member of a larger mob, you, you were only one member of a larger mob, important distinction. You actively participated in a larger event that threatened the Capitol and democracy itself. He received eight months in prison on Monday and he got a felony. Yeah. He didn't commit any 
property damage. He literally just stood there. He was in there for 15 minutes and the groveling apology this guy had to make about how he's sorry he thwarted democracy and he re- it's the greatest regret of his life that he followed the mob and blah, fucking blah. I understand why he had to do this because he was looking at 20 years. And with the political climate, he probably was like, these people are going to throw the book at me. They're, they're going to James Fields me. I'm going to have to take it up the ass in prison. And he was like, I got to plead and then flog myself. And then this Moss judge is like, oh, well, uh, you're thwarting democracy and blah, emboldening other protesters. If he <sighs> if he was on the cusp of thwarting democracy, it's funny how democracy walked in like an hour later and proceeded just fine. Uh, very odd that. But yeah. OK, so and we still have uh, something like 500 people charged in total uh, in the capital riot cases. Always a great time to remember um, no sedition or treason charges as of yet. So for the great insurrection and certainly plenty of prosecutors and an entire political party who are devoted to the idea that this was the greatest um, domestic betrayal of our of our time maybe in the history of the country they can't produce the goods to actually prosecute anybody on charges of sedition or treason yeah this Not, is pretty bad though eight years in pri- or eight months in prison that, w- that would be yeah yeah a, lo- I, it's a I, long time it seems to me like the punishment no eight months right not eight years eight months eight yeah. months sorry yeah even still uh, even if I grant that there's a trespass issue, you're in a place where you shouldn't be, you don't have authorization to be, all of that. Is that a crime worthy of eight months in federal prison? If we're going by that standard, a lot of people at a lot of riots last summer, including in D.C. itself, that are way more deserving of a longer stint in federal prison than that. But this is what we're going with. And if you're if you're uh, excited about even more capital riot investigation nancy pelosi has handpicked her pet republicans to be on the committee what's the latest uh she said today that she intends to name a second republican critic of donald trump um i I never know how to say this i want to say kissinger but it's kinzinger right and i've heard some people pronounce it incorrectly on on some other uh networks um to the special committee investigating the capital riot and they're, they're going to find the truth, the truth, the truth, because the truth isn't just that some shit lords went into the Capitol building and like did some some cute stuff while Democrats uh, stoked racial protests all over the country and cities burned down. But whatever. Um, and she'd already appointed Liz Cheney um, on this committee. And yeah, they're going to try to impeach Trump because like that matters now. Uh, so are they actually saying that they're not going to impeach again? Oh, no, no, no. They tried to. They were they were um, oh. among the 10 House Republicans to vote for Trump's second impeachment. Oh, and I, only, yeah, OK, that's yeah, the people, only two the Republicans, Republicans yeah. who voted last month to form this committee. So and, what are they and, even going to do? Yeah. And this comes after uh, um, McCarthy had nominated who Jim Jordan. There were several other Republican nominees for the committee that Pelosi had rejected because they don't <laughs> toe the line on the narrative of being anti-Trump. Who so else? We're it was Jim these, Jordan. There were a few that McCarthy had nominated this week. I forget exactly who, but Pelosi rejects that in favor of um, her pet Republicans that she can control. And you got Kensinger out here saying, make no mistake, I'm a Republican. I'm searching for the truth. Yeah, but you're the you're just as anti you're just as rabidly anti Trump as the rest of them. That's the only reason you're sitting on this new committee and they're going to start meeting Tuesday. What a waste of time. I mean, this is just a, a witch hunt. They're going to do to more people what they did to this this poor this poor guy from the Capitol building today. 
I, I can't believe this is working. It is working if they're able to send people to jail for eight months for doing virtually nothing except for trespassing. Yeah, uh, we'll call it prosecutorial discretion. They got to prioritize which which cases they want to prosecute. And apparently, after a year of uh, spiking murders and riots on a scale really not seen in our lifetime, I would say. I mean, we're, I don't remember, say, Rodney King and things like that. But the rioting of last summer was far worse than anything I could recall in in my adult life, certainly. And um, we're going to pretend like this was even again, it's not to deny crimes that may have been committed. It's just to say, is this really a crime on the scale that deserves this sort of perpetual investigation, putting people in prison for eight months, all this nonsense, Uh, grossly exaggerating it into an insurrection, but being unable to bring the requisite charges. Anyway, we're we're never going to hear the end of it. We're going to it's going to be a political weapon all the way through 2022, potentially beyond. So buckle up. Uh, Recall a few months ago that the Supreme Court agreed to hear an abortion case from Mississippi this fall. The uh, Mississippi law that passed the state in 2018 criminalizes abortion outright after 15 weeks of pregnancy. Uh, The only exceptions being medical emergencies for the mother or fetal abnormalities. Hmm. Uh, And the law has been in legal limbo on appeals ever since. It's not in effect, but it has been appealed to the Supreme Court. And a few months ago, the Supreme Court agreed to hear it in the fall. Now, earlier it was reported that Mississippi's stance uh, on defending its law uh, would be that their law does not actually violate Roe versus Wade's established right to a pre-viability abortion or Planned Parenthood versus Casey's undue burden standard. So their their stance, the state of Mississippi, they were saying, yeah, our law is uh, maybe a little more uh, anti-abortion than other states, but it's still in compliance with Roe and Casey. Right. And actually, as of now, uh, new filings in the case, it looks like Mississippi is going to revise their argument. They're going to make the full argument. In a brief filed on Thursday with the Supreme Court, the Mississippi Attorney General argues that both Roe and Casey are bad law and should be overturned outright. So the brief reads, quote, uh, this court should overrule Roe and Casey. Roe is egregiously wrong. The conclusion that abortion is a constitutional right has no basis in text, structure, history or tradition. And whatever you think of abortion and all the moral issues surrounding it, that take on the law is correct. Um those these are the moral questions surrounding abortion are constitutionally unquestionably to be answered by the states. Why? Because Roe flat out made up a constitutional right to an abortion and started yeah. the constitution in one of the most poorly reasoned decisions that the court has ever issued. And Casey uh, doubled down by adding even more made up stipulations. They made up a right and then said later they made up that you can't place an undue burden on this made up right. So even beyond the abortion issue, anyone who opposes legislating from the bench should should celebrate a direct challenge to uh, Roe versus Wade just on the principle of whether the, the Supreme Court should be inserting new rights that are implicit in the concept of liberty. And you have to look at the penumbras of the 14th Amendment and all this other bullshit that's not written in there. If you want fidelity to the Constitution uh, and honesty and accuracy in a reading of the document, this should be celebrated regardless of the abortion implications. And it's a good time to remember, even if this is successful, which we'll see if it will be, you it just means you and your state get to decide the issue. It's not like everyone's going to be, uh, there's going to be just miles and miles of illegal immigrants seeking <laughs> abortions in California who can't get yeah. them. 
No, it's like California loves abortion right this way. Here you are. Mm-hmm. Have at it. And that's a that's a separate moral issue to tackle later. But yeah, it, it, if you're so afraid of your state deciding for itself, I'll, I'll contend that you have a weird view of the relationship between the federal and state governments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, as far as will it actually happen, I think dependably you can count on Thomas and Alito to have the balls to overturn Roe and Casey. That's only hmm. two. You mean That's, we can't rely on Barrett and Kavanaugh, even though we really stuck out our necks for them? Barrett, well, uh, not out of Barrett. the out of the. Out of the next three, I would put Barrett as the most likely, right. but that's, you know, that's just her, her Supreme Court tenure is so brief still. But OK, so in the in the possible, I have Barrett, Kavanaugh, Gorsuch and Gorsuch, yeah. I thought was more reliable. But then he did this weird crap with the transgender people covered by the Civil Rights Act. OK, so I'm a little. Do you think he's being blackmailed? I don't know. Gorsuch, I'm le- I'm not as confident in. So. You have three maybes there and you would need all the maybes to make this happen because no chance on Roberts because of McCord integrity and Kagan and Breyer and Sotomayor. So I would put the likelihood of it happening at well under 50 percent. I think more like more than likely the court assigns some more structure to what the undue burden standard actually means uh, because that hasn't been thoroughly uh, decided uh, so they'll probably they'll probably just uh, add some add some detail on that front and call it a day. Leftists don't care if they're legislating from the bench so long as uh, their, their principles are being so long upheld. as they like the legislation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah. Um, fine. If we're able to sway things, then uh, perhaps we should be supporting legislating from the bench. Maybe we could get more done. I mean, <laughs> so we want activist judges who say the Constitution um requires from the federal level that abortions are illegal in all cases that would be the yeah, reverse great. fine you guys want to do this fine I, it's not it's not it wouldn't be my pick but uh you know sometimes the pendulum swings violently you know and i mean that metaphorically susan you said it yeah <laughs> all right uh t- there's an update we have a couple of Tucker stories. There's an update in his alleged NSA spying stuff. Not really. Then, this is hardly an update. Well, it's kind of it's more or less exactly what was predicted when this story yeah. came out a little while ago. Yeah. And then turns out he was heckled by a guy at a, a fishing store like 25 miles down the road from me. So I really wish I could have been there to see this happen. But alas, I was not. Um, so the NSA has come out and and said because they were prompted by congressional inquiries uh, that Tucker Carlson was not targeted nor intercepted. Th- listen to the language of this, nor intercepted through so-called incidental collections, which we're familiar with, um, where the U.S. government sometimes obtains the emails or phone calls of Americans in contact with a foreign target under surveillance. Um, and according to these people who spoke under the condition of anonymity, like I- I'm tired yeah. of listening to any anonymous source. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not. So um, obviously correspondences between intelligence agencies and oversight authorities are conducted through classified means. Instead, which what I'm about to say means that he basically was surveilled in the way that we anticipated. The nation's top electronic spy agency found that Carlson was mentioned in communications between third parties and his name was subsequently revealed through unmasking a process in which relevant government officials can request the identities of American citizens and intelligence reports to be divulged, provided there is an official reason. Yeah. So what's that official reason <laughs> would be yeah, the next Yeah, which question. they haven't given us, um, yeah. such as helping them make sense of the intelligence document, documents mm. they're reviewing. What possible official reason 
could Tucker Carlson, a media personality, um, have have been unmasked? Uh, probably the same uh, the same nonsense reasons that they applied to prior unmaskings where yeah. they make up some BS and it, you're supposed to believe it, even though it's very politically convenient uh, who they're unmasking and who they're not. It, it looks a lot like political spying as opposed to genuine surveillance of possibly hostile foreign actors, mm-hmm. which is what we're supposed to believe. I, I loved the original the original report that um, brought out this unmasking news. Uh, headline NSA review finds that Tucker Carlson's communications were not targeted. In other words, NSA looked at NSA's spying process and determined that the NSA's process is totally legit. Oh, this is exactly what we said was going to happen. Exactly. Pretty much. Yeah. It's, it's not, you're not going to be able to show that they targeted him specifically that they said, Hey, someone go tap Tucker's line. It's like, Oh, we think uh, these people are bad. And Tucker was trying to interview Putin. So we'll yep. just say that it was a foreign threat. And uh, look, we have a warrantless, uh, sur- we've set up warrantless surveillance on his communication channels. Convenient. I know, I know, I know. This is a uh, very, very convenient, but he doesn't operate in an official capacity in the U S government. So I fail to see how any third party mentioning could be a substantial or relevant reason. Yeah, uh, I, I, for, I I don't know. But I just love that they come out and they're like, oh, we're not spying on him. We're just collecting information about him because some third party uh, mentioned him yeah. because of foreign intelligence, blah, blah. Well, he got heckled nearby in Livingston, Montana at a, a fly fishing shop. What the hell happened here? Uh, yeah, this motherfucker. Totally owned, by the way. It was all over left wing Twitter. Oh, Tucker gets owned. Tucker yeah. wrecked by brave guy- man inexplicably has not privated his Instagram account. Neither has his ugly wife. So if you just (laughs) want to go on over there for trolling purposes, I may or may not have spent half an hour telling his wife that she looks like a paper mache jack-o'-lantern today. You got to do something while you're waiting for Delta. You got to pass the time. I know. Um, So we're going to watch this, this video, which I'm sure many of you have seen, but the caption that he wrote on Instagram was, This man about Tucker, this man has killed more people with vaccine misinformation. He has supported extreme racism. He is a fascist and does more to rip this country apart than anyone that calls themselves an American. So here's his brave confrontation. (laughs) I don't care, man. You are the worst human being. I want you to this to the United States, to everything else in this world. I don't care that your daughter's here. What you have done to people's families, what you have done to everybody else in this Okay, so in a world of murderers, rapists, pedophiles, the guy who has a different opinion than you and has the audacity to question authority sometimes, uh, he's the worst possible person in the world currently. Stunning and brave. I don't really get these leftists that are, they're avowed outdoorsmen and they do all this stuff. He was doing all this like big game hunting and stuff. He's really into fly fishing. And I was looking at his Instagram and by all accounts, you know, the hunting and the beard and the athletic but unattractive wife, he reads right wing to me. And then and then it's a picture of him mm-hmm. with his stupid wife and they have a mask on. They're talking about environmentalism. I don't know what the crossover is here, but this person should be on the right, right? Well, other than he has the posture and figure of the pregnant man emoji. You see that really comparison? 
<laughs> if you look at your still video frame in the video share right now, he's got the exact posture of the pregnant man emoji. <sighs> so I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I would say that his viewpoint is his radical left viewpoint to the point that he's confronting people and harassing them is not common in this part of the country, but it apparently is here. It exists everywhere. Yeah, definitely. And then people have, uh, have said that there is the CIA connection and there is, he did work for the, the Asia foundation. Um, he was searching for some rare fish in Mongolia or some stupid environmental blah, blah, who cares? Uh, and the Asia foundation is a CIA proprietary like they, they do take funding from the cia they've done a lot of really shady stuff so i don't know maybe this is some maybe this is some cia thing but it's just him yelling at tucker carlson in a fly fishing shop but do we really need to go that deep for this <laughs> literally this every, i don't know at this point in my life i'm assuming that everything is staged and pretty much everyone's a fan <laughs> <laughs> and yeah I, but like if he shot Tucker Carlson in the back of the head and called it a robbery, but left his watch on, I'd be like, maybe this was the CIA, but he just yelled at him in a bait shop. That's true. It is a, it is a weak, uh, it's weak. It's a weak fed game. If it is a fed game, it's not very, I don't know, not very effective either, but this is another one of those instances where on certain political issues, I can understand, um, people who disagree with me, even if I don't like their takes or agree with them, I understand their reasoning or their purported reasoning. This is so cringe and lame and I'm looking at Twitter and half of people are like, this is cringe and lame. And the yeah. other half are talking about not just yeah. how this is good, but how this was like, this man is my hero. Oh, absolute dunk. Oh my God. Tucker wrecked. Tucker was annoyed at a store for probably two minutes. And then he went on his fishing vacation after that. Oh, I know. And on Instagram, it's all these celebrities like Margaret Cho was like, wow, you're my hero. I'm like, what you know you came from poor immigrant parents and you are a rich lesbian in america and you're telling me that your hero is a random dude that yells at tucker carlson in a bait shop in montana <laughs> like, what the fuck is happening here what? yeah it's just uh whoever owns your political opponents is the hero of the day but that's the thing is like this wasn't even an owning i mean i could understand I if you really embarrassed tucker but i'm more embarrassed for for the guy himself anyway um uh, all right. I wanted to I want to talk Rona hysteria and uh, Delta variant variant hysteria specifically because we're entering this very confused state in terms of the propaganda. In case you haven't seen it as propaganda this entire time. I hope you ha I hope you can now because we've had the vaccines available for months and anybody who wants the vaccine has had the vaccine or has very easy access to the vaccine. Plenty of time to get it. And in any sane society. um that actually cares about health and personal freedom. That would be that you do your own risk assessment. If you think the vaccine is worth it right this way, step right up. Uh, if you don't, you accept the risks uh, and it's not really other people's jobs to look out for you. Um, it's just, you have to decide if you think the risk of getting coronavirus is more or less severe than the getting the vaccine and, and then you're done. But of course, None of this was was ever really about the virus or about protecting you or about your health. Um, and it it was and it is and it will continue to be about controlling you and about making you scared and submissive. And I thought um, Zuby had a really good tweet that summarized it well this week. Uh, he wrote, they're simultaneously uh, saying that people who take the Rona jabs can still spread the virus. 
while claiming those who don't take it are putting those who do at risk, they're not even attempting to be coherent. It's pure divide and conquer, turning neighbor against neighbor. And you're seeing a lot of iterations of this confused, incoherent, even contradictory messaging. Because the, the message now, as far as I can tell, is get the vaccine because it will keep you safe, but not that safe because also once you get the vaccine we still get to control you with possible mask mandates and and other things like that and the off chance that you could infect someone else despite the vaccine that's basically 100 percent effective case in point dr fauci was on cnn with jake tapper this morning and he says he and the biden administration and the cdc are actively talking about reversing their mask guidance and saying that even vaccinated people need to start wearing masks again. Sources are telling CNN the top health officials are weighing whether to revise mask guidelines for vaccinated Americans. Are you part of those conversations? And if so, what are you advising? Do you think masks should be brought back for vaccinated Americans? You know, Jake, this is under active consideration. If you're asking, am I part of the discussion? Yes, I am. And to Zuby's point, it's getting very difficult to know what data to believe anymore. And maybe the answer has been you shouldn't have been believing any data any of it, entire yeah. time. Um, but in recent weeks, we've we've been having this booming Delta variant scare that's behind the rise in cases that, again, is still well below the caseload that we had seen in the past um, year and a half. But the CDC in recent weeks has been saying that 99.5% of coronavirus deaths, this was according to Rochelle Walensky, the CDC director, 99.5% of the coronavirus deaths still happening are among unvaccinated people. And both the CDC director and Joe Biden in recent weeks called this a pandemic of the unvaccinated. We talked about that a little bit. And then it was 60-40. Well, 40-60. Yeah. And then it got reversed. But there are. This this claim about 99.5% of the deaths being um, unvaccinated people is according to preliminary data from the CDC. I'm not sure where to find it. I'm not even sure if it's vettable. This is just according to the claims made by the director. The problem is it doesn't obviously square with a lot of other data that are out there. Maybe it does. I'm not without being able to see all the numbers. It's hard to say for sure. It just there's a lot of contrary information. So, for example, uh, in New Jersey, a state health official confirms that 49 fully vaccinated people had died uh, of coronavirus in that state as of July 12th. So if that only represented uh, 0.5% of the deaths in New Jersey, as the CDC claims, if New Jersey was a statistical microcosm of the rate that she's describing, that would mean about 10,000 deaths. 10,000 unvaccinated people or just 10,000 people generally have died in New Jersey since the vaccines became available, but they haven't. The the actual number of deaths in 2021 is about half that something in the neighborhood of 5,000. So you've seen a drastic drop off in deaths in New Jersey and across the country since the vaccines became available. And sure, I'm I'm sure that is uh, due in part to the efficacy of the vaccines. I'm not here to deny that, but Those numbers don't jive. That's not that's not zero point five percent. Forty nine deaths in in New Jersey that the math just doesn't work out. And it's not deaths, as you referenced um, in the UK, but it is a close metric hospitalization. So cases of coronavirus that are severe enough to get someone in the hospital. Right. These breakthrough cases 
it's, I guess maybe they have a special type of Rona, the special Delta <laughs> variant in the UK. That's where it originated or not originated, but that's where it really took off before it got to the US. But according to Britain's chief scientific advisor, uh, Patrick Valance this week. Uh, so he's like the, the British Dr. Fauci, as far as I gather, 60 percent of the hospitalizations happening in the UK are among unvaccinated people. In other words, 40 percent of hospital admis- admissions for coronavirus are vaccinated people are yeah vaccinated people. So um, Valance, as you said, had originally said the reverse, that 60 percent of the ad- admissions were vaccinated. Um, but in this context, what's really the difference? We were said we were told ninety nine point five success. Yes, I'm sorry, everybody. I have successfully scheduled a flight. All right. Everything's going to be fine. I apologize. <laughs> this is how it works in Joe Biden's America, man. <laughs> Basic tasks have to be celebrated as monumental achievements. and Distracted uh, while you're actually working. Yeah. I'm very happy for you. Yeah, this is a great moment <laughs> in your life. And I will be home for the Wednesday show. It's like your, your wedding, the birth of your child, uh, successfully booking a flight. Successfully back home, booking a flight. Right there. Home, yeah. All right. We did it. We did All it, guys. Thank you. All monumental events yeah. in the history of the show. <laughs> All right. Uh, so it, but whether it's 60, 40, vaccinated, unvaccinated, whatever, are, the claim is deaths are 99.5 to 0. 0.5. Right. And we're talking about a ratio in the UK of severe cases that are closer to 50-50. Mm-hmm. What's <laughs> what explains that difference? Uh, I, I, nobody's really asking Rochelle Walensky of the CDC seriously. Now, there are some other stats and points as well. We know there are breakthrough cases at the White House, breakthrough cases being people who are fully vaccinated who still are testing positive for coronavirus. Mm, it like is spe- all those Texas Democrats? Like, I don't like even them? have time to get back to them. Did you see the lady who was spotted? Not She's in the photo not wearing a mask, posting on Twitter, we really got to mask up again, guys. People responding with pictures of her not wearing a mask on the plane and then her trying to explain why that was before the Delta variant and it didn't matter then, but it matters now. These people will never stop uh, trying to control your life while doing the exact opposite themselves. And you're right. It's speculated. The people at the White House have coronavirus because of those Texas Democrats. I I don't know if it's confirmed. It might be confirmed, but it it stands to reason because Kamala Harris and others met with them to celebrate them as the heroes that they are. How are we supposed to believe that this is so dangerous? The Delta variant is so dangerous, but it doesn't kill Nancy Pelosi, who's basically already dead. Undead, just like Joe Biden. Yeah, yeah. maybe that's that's the real key. Nothing will kill her. Yeah, probably not. Um, but the White House won't say. They've been asked by reporters, how many breakthrough cases are in the White House? And Jen Psaki responded to one reporter's question this week, uh, quote, why do you need to have that information? <laughs> <laughs> not only that. Uh, virologists in the Netherlands. So basically the Dutch CDC, they're reporting that 9% of all positive cases tallied last week in the Netherlands were fully vaccinated individuals. And if you count partially vaccinated individuals, people with one dose, I presume 14% of positive cases. So is it as if the vaccine is doing nothing? That's not what I'm trying to say. But what, what I am saying is part of the selling point is that the vaccine is, is absolutely effective that, that you can take that and one effectively statistically 100% chance you're not going to get the virus. And if you do, it's not going to be severe and you're not going to die. But there are data coming out all over that, that show whatever it is, it's not 99 to one or 90, 10, even it's, you know, it's something if the UK is to be believed closer to 60, 40. 
This is making me kind of hopeful, though, because I don't I think people are wising up. Once you go to a maskless society, you're not going to be put back into into the mask wearing. I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, and people can also see the, the natural course of these viruses is they go from a uh, level of most virulence as they mutate to level of least virulence. So it's not going to mutate and get worse and kill more people. So I think that even, you know, America's retards are looking at this going, nah. Well, yeah, and that's the bottom line, too. You look at the data of who's dying. They're still not dying. The Delta, the Delta rise started at, at the start of the month. Cases started upticking. So we're now almost a month clear of that. Deaths have not followed. Yeah. People are not dying and you can draw your own conclusions as to why that's the case. It could be that the Delta variant is less deadly. We have data to show that out of the UK. Um, It could be that vaccines are reducing the severity of the illness. If you do get it, there are a whole bunch of factors, but really who gives a shit unless people are dying or unless hospital resources are, are overburdened and they're not. Yeah. It's the case demic. Yeah. It's not the appropriate metric to, to measure the, you know, the virulence of, of any given virus. So they don't have the data to spread the fear. They have to resort to pure anecdotal propaganda. You're seeing that more and more. And the propaganda of the week, <laughs> in my mind, gets awarded to Dr. Brittany Cobia. Of, uh, she's an Alabama doctor at Grandview Medical Center in Birmingham. Did you have a chance to read her scare yes. story? Yes. Holy shit. Okay, so she goes viral for her Facebook post claiming that she's admitting young people at this hospital in Birmingham for coronavirus. And not just that she's admitting them, but that they're on their last dying breaths. They need intubation and they regret not. They're begging her for the vaccine. (laughs) Listen to this quote. I'm admitting young, healthy people to the hospital with very serious COVID infections. One of the last things they do before they're intubated is beg me for the vaccine. But I hold their hand and I tell them, I'm sorry, it's too late. Oh, and then a few days later, when I call time of death, I hug their family members and I tell them the best way to honor their loved one is to get vaccinated and encourage everyone they know to do, to do the same. They cry and they tell me they didn't know. They thought it was a hoax. They thought it was political. They thought because they had a certain blood type or a certain skin color that they wouldn't get sick. They thought it was, quote, just the flu, but they were wrong and they wish they could go back, but they can't. So they thank me and they go get the vaccine and I go back to my office and I write their death note and I say a small prayer that the loss will save more lives. Oh, good for you, Dr. Brittany. Real hero. Holy shit. This woman's a doctor. She's talking like a nurse. Uh, She's she's well, she's talking like she made the whole goddamn thing up because she She a D.O. or something. What's the deal? She's a hospitalist. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that is. Hospitalist doctor. Um. But I was curious about the data here, because is this even statistically possible? What, what, did, what did you learn? It is a doctor, seemingly. A hospitalist? Mm-hmm. A board-certified physician. Okay. Well, Alabama right now is averaging between three and five corona deaths a day statewide. Huh. So unless she's handling all the coronavirus deaths in the state, she's not seeing this frequently deaths period now her claim is not just i'm seeing people die her claim is i'm seeing young healthy people die as they beg for the vaccine i don't have current data but this is uh, from back in october and you would assume that's a pretty healthy sample of data from spring to october in alabama and it reflects what we know about coronavirus everywhere else out of the 2800 deaths uh in alabama at the time 122 
had no underlying health uh, conditions. In other words, 122 were otherwise healthy people. Tiny, tiny fraction. Um, is that is that right? I had 5% in here. Let me do that math, double check myself. Yeah, something in the neighborhood of 5% of their deaths in Alabama total were otherwise healthy people without underlying conditions. That's just one factor that she named. She also said young, healthy people. No. As of the no d- way. The, the data in October, only about 5% of coronavirus deaths had um, uh, were under 50 years old. And what's, what's your definition of young? Is a 45-year-old young? Young-ish? Like early first half of that's, life, potentially? That's squarely middle age. Yeah. First half of life? I don't know. How old do you so think people are going to live? You're talking three to five people dying in Alabama daily of coronavirus. And 5% of them, <laughs> if, if these data hold, 5% of those deaths would be healthy people. No, no underlying conditions. 5% would be under the age of 50. So what overlapping fraction there between no underlying health conditions and people under 50 out of three to five people a day? This isn't happening. She made it up and it is it spread again. It spreads all over Twitter with people praising her as a hero and lecturing everyone who dares not get the vaccine. Learn from her. She made it up. It's yeah. nonsense. This is her version of doing like a nurse's TikTok dance. It's her version of hoax hate. You know, it yeah. brings her. <laughs> she didn't launch a GoFundMe, as far as I can tell, but she was an inch away from it. You guys and, still want women to be in positions of power? <sighs> chipping away at me one case at a time. And we're coming to this impasse because, as we mentioned, um, and as polling shows, those who want the vaccine, they got the vaccine. And those who didn't, didn't. And it's not as Jen Psaki and Joe Biden say, because you're just an idiot rube who needs someone to knock on your door and tell you all about how great the vaccine is. It's because you've done the risk assessment for yourself and you've decided you're in favor or you're opposed. and You made your decision accordingly. And people are pretty well decided. A poll from the AP and the NORC this week shows that of those still unvaccinated, 80 percent say they probably or definitely will not get the vaccine. And of those unvaccinated, it's just three percent who say they will definitely get the vaccine. Sixteen percent probably. So small fraction of people who've held out this long are, are actually planning to get it later. And that's just fine. If the vaccines work, then those of you who made the decision to get it are just fine. And those who didn't want them agree that, listen, I've done my risk assessment. I think it's too risky to get the vaccine for my taste, so I won't. Yeah, we're not looking to control any of the rest of society. I'm not asking you to wear a mask because I didn't get the vaccine. Nobody's doing that. Yeah. But we can't we can't just accept that people have done their own risk and consequence assessment for themselves. And carry on. We're never going to do that. And there are there are things to learn for, I think, kind of both camps here for the vaccine authoritarians and for people who still value some semblance of personal freedom and personal choice Um, for the vaccine uh, authoritarians. They're going to have to learn to accept people's choices, even if it even if those choices lead to their deaths. Are you still there? Did you freeze? I can hear you. Okay, now you're back. (laughs) But we finally reached it. So I keep saying this point repeatedly on Twitter and in uh, article comments. Maybe you've seen it. Vaccine authoritarians saying something like, oh, I have no more sympathy for the unvaccinated. At this point, they get what they deserve. They they under, they they have to face the consequences. Yes, we agree. Yeah, fine. The consequences <laughs> of nothing, because this is not, this is not a big deal. So I, 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 I wish they actually meant that. 
I wish they meant like, oh, they're going to have to, the, when the chickens come home to roost, they're going to have to deal with it. Yeah, we all agree to that. The problem is you th- when you say they're going to get what they deserve, you mean punishment. You mean like active artificial punishment, not they chose to risk getting coronavirus and they got it. Yeah, we accept that risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They can't stop there. But for they aren't us, even talking about shame in the way that I talk about it. They're talking about government instituted sanctions and things they're like talking that. About, yeah, Punishment. Authoritarian yeah. meddling authoritarian, in your life. Yeah. Not just exactly. like ridicule. Not ha ha you loser. Like I want you not to be able to have a job. I want your kids not to be able to go to school. I want you to be a social outcast to the point that I, I guess you're living in a tent out in the wilderness and maybe we yeah. won't even allow you to do that. There, you know, you think uh, blondes quips are too far. These people are <laughs> far beyond what even, some of the things you say. Even I know. my God. And I'm the one that's a bad American. Look at yeah. This. So for us um, and for by us, I mean, people who still you know, value some personal choice and personal freedom. It, it's well past time. Yeah, you were frozen for a second, but you're back. It's well past time to push back. Mm-hmm. So Tim Young had a great tweet uh, that summarized, I think, what our attitude needs to be. Uh, COVID is never going away. You either start living freely or and telling the government to fuck off or you become slaves to everything. And we've been saying iterations of that for for over a year now. This is over when you say it's over. And these people only have the authority over you that you grant them. And I just I just want to remind ourselves of how the goalposts have shifted yet again, because it was two weeks to flatten the curve so our hospitals don't get overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Then it was flatten the curve for months until the vaccine is available. Then it was, Mm -hmm. well, make sure everyone has the opportunity to get the vaccine. And now it's uh, it's not enough. The the claim is not enough people have had the vaccine. So we still get to control you, even though they've had the free choice to get the vaccine. To these people, I would like them to identify specifically when this ends for them. I doubt anybody would be able to do that. And that's the problem is if if you're the sort of person who agreed to the deal of, OK, we're going to accept some inconveniences until the vaccine is available, but then we go back to normal. I disagree, but I understand your thinking. If you're the sort of person who got the vaccine and is still going to allow them to control these minute aspects of your life. I'm sorry, man, like you, you got to you got to have some kind of principle about when they stop because there is no principle after that. If they just get to tell you to get the jab, but also control you after that, they'll continue controlling you forever. There's no limit on that. It goes on forever and ever. So (laughs) I really try to, I really try to respect everybody's choices as your connection dips out. There we go. It's okay. It's pulling through. So yeah, I really try to respect everyone's choices in this. I understand people have different risk calculations than I do, but if you're the kind of person who got the stab and is going to put on the mask anyway, I'm out. Like I'm, I'm done respecting anybody who does that. Yeah. You, you are a slave to what they tell you to do at that point. Yeah. yeah. What if your kids get it and, and uh, they try to take your kids and put them in some sort of COVID camp. Are, are, are they just going to be like, well, this is what, what we need for society to be safe. There has to be an endpoint for all of these people where they yeah. no longer will accept uh, authoritarian rule. Uh, but I'm starting to think that they really like it. Like it's, it's, it's religious. A huge amount of people Dogmatic. enjoy being told what to do. They crave it. And um, it is much to my disappointment, much to my disdain. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we still have a ton to talk about. We're probably due for a break. I got to talk Rand Paul against Fauci. We got to get into Biden's town hall. Okay. Um, yeah, we got a lot. So we'll, I'll, I'll have to try to pick up the pace here, but we definitely should take a break if you're ready. 
Sure, you want to do a few? Let me reload and see if my computer yeah. explodes. Yeah, let's let's find out. That'll be the next thing. Uh, over on Tippy Stream. Oh, there's a Delta Airlines rep chiming in. I'll get to that in a second. Phil says, I was heartened to see that the Arizona GOP politician booed off the stage the other night. Um, any and all opportunities to mock and derise, uh, deride <laughs> these self-important cocks should be taken. They deserve every oh, last yeah. bit of abuse they get. I saw her get booed, but I don't know why she was booed. Yeah, yeah. I don't know enough. Let's see if your connection can improve a little bit. <laughs> Thanks for patience, guys. Um, let's see. Delta Airlines rep says, hello, and thank you for calling Delta support. What seems to be the problem? Oh, sorry. Just a moment. Please hold for another three more hours. Well, that sounds accurate. <laughs> yeah. Phil also says, uh, sounded a lot like, uh, sounded like a lot of based callers the other night. Maybe the, <laughs> maybe the, the, Maybe Phil's favorite population of the country actually has a future after all. Allowing foreign influence to access your land and resources guarantees your destruction. And of course, he looks forward to everyone getting along and having a productive future together. Thank you, Phil. Late to the party says for more uh, vaccine info, check out ARR, absolute risk reduction versus relative. Relative is what the MSM reports, but not absolute. Blonde's point is also true. The more transmissible the virus, the less deadly on average. Yeah, it's it's. Can we just get some honesty? Like I'm I'm not. It, it seems pretty clear that what they're talking about vaccine efficacy probably isn't true. I, I don't have to deny any vaccine efficacy to have some questions about that, but it's, it's coming off more and more like propaganda. Oh, I, yeah. I, mean, I shouldn't say the, more and more. It was always propaganda, it was always but it's propaganda. obviously propaganda at this point. And the relative versus absolute risk, I'm sure our audience already knows this, but um, it's, it's a really important tool that the left uses to inflate the, the risk assessment of any given thing. They'll say that uh, if the COVID, um, death rate is 0.02%. And if you don't get vaccinated, it's going to be 0.04%. They'll say you have a hundred percent increased risk for fatality, which is true. But if the absolute risk is 0.2%, who who cares? Or 0.02%? Who, who gives yeah. a shit? Yeah. Okay. You froze on me again, but carry I on. I know. I can hear you. Can you still hear me? This isn't. This yeah. Is, oh God, I swear to God. All right, Charles Use, the Fauci versus Rand exchange is just another example of how the left redefined terms to avoid losing the argument. You can't have an honest debate if you can't call a spade a spade, and by a spade, I mean black person. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Okay. I didn't say it. Well, I did say it, but I didn't write it. Uh, and there goes the internet connection. That's <laughs> appropriately timed, I guess. Uh, let's see if we can um, get her back. Blonde, uh, if you can hear me, chime in whenever. Uh, C2K over on Trovo says, in UK COOF news, last week the governor said you'd need COVID passports for nightclubs from the 1st of September. Owners said they'd sue the government. So this week they're saying uh, you'll need a COVID passport to watch a soccer or rugby game. That's despite just hosting an international tournament with 60,000 population in a stadium without proof. Yeah, they're going to make it up as they go, as long as we grant them the power to can do you this. Hear me? Um, I can now. Let's see if I can get you back up. Uh, the video connection's still dead, but I can hear you at least. Um, real quick over on DLive, uh, ETC, uh, thanks for supporting the show. Are you able to carry on with YouTube? Yeah, everything's fine on my end. Can, uh, see if you can enable me. and disable your camera. Maybe that'll bring it back. Okay, there okay. we go. Now it's back. Oh, Holden Mulray, uh, the desire for safety stands against every great and noble enterprise. 
He also said, There's no reason for you to think that any man has lived long because he has gray hair or wrinkles. He has not lived long. He has existed long. Mm. Seneca, that is wise. Yeah. Robin D. Banks, Matt and I once snuggled cozily before a roaring fire in a log cabin. He was a picture of a gentleman. He kept his hands to himself and nothing perverse transpired. That's somehow also discussed. <laughs> that's actually accurate. Yeah. Numerous um, times that's happened. She also said, not sure if I made this joke before, but here goes. Roses are red. Fauci glows in the dark. When you see him, you take your car out of park. <laughs> Defensively. I'm not even sure I get it, but all right. <laughs> I don't want to explain it because Susan. Okay. Fair enough. We'll leave it Daniel there. Kunkel. Please consider you for your movies list. Last the Mohicans with Daniel Day-Lewis. Yes. Mm. Excellent. As I mentioned, uh, uh, coming into the fall, like Labor Day, we'll probably open up the nomination process a little bit. So stand by on that. Yeah, especially after this young Frankenstein thing. I don't know. We're hmm. going to have to switch gears here. Um, a great period piece with epic cinematography and soundtrack. No CGI, just hundreds of extras for the battle scenes. Yes. Last of the Mohicans is what uh, Dances with Wolves should have been, but wasn't. That's one of my parents' favorite movies. I haven't watched it for a long time. Last of the Mohicans? Uh, Dances with Wolves. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Uh, last one for right now. I bought PN. Happy safe spacing. We're trying. And that was a big donation. Thank you so much, sir. We'll oh, circle uh, back. Yeah, thank days. you for supporting the show. I am not going to be niggardly. And indeed, we will come back to chat um, in a minute. I'll have to just circle back with you. Or toward the end of the show, because uh, I'm way behind. Man, I guess uh, I spent way too much time talking coronavirus. But let's get back into it, because I have more coronavirus to talk. I have <laughs> to talk a little bit about, um, let me find my place here, about the um, Rand Paul and Dr. Fauci exchange. That's great that it froze right on your grinning face. Very photogenic still frame there. Um, can you still hear me? Or are you gone? Yeah, I can hear you. All right. Okay, let's carry on. Well, you likely uh, it was, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Find my find my spot here. Uh, anyway, returning to the last topic a little bit, the most important mysteries about coronavirus are not who's getting it um, or, or what what's going on as far as the actual biology of the virus right now, because people aren't dying in the hospitals, aren't getting overwhelmed. The mystery that's important is where it came from and did we pay for it? And when last we left the story, it uh, it's become an all but certain conclusion that the virus came from the Wuhan Virology Lab based on the proximity of the lab to the known origin, uh, or at least the original cases, um, workers at the lab having cases of the virus before any known cases at the wet market, and, and the fact that the lab works uh, on exactly this sort of research, uh, bat coronaviruses and the manipulation of them, uh, among other factors. And don't forget the trajectory here. It's not just that the virus was made in the lab and leaked or was uh, potentially uh, intentionally released. We'll see if we get there. Um, but the question of did you as a U.S. taxpayer actually pay for its development, too? And um, and that's been the curiosity for a few weeks or months now. To what degree did the U.S. fund the Wuhan Virology Lab and specifically the sort of research that may have um, developed or leaked this particular virus. And we know for sure uh, that Dr. Fauci's agency, the NIH, uh, was given a, gave a grant to the EcoHealth Alliance and EcoHealth Alliance subcontracted money to the Wuhan Virology Lab, which uh, EcoHealth Alliance is a New York nonprofit. So we know money has flowed there that way, at least indirectly. We also know that the NIH has given money to Dr. Ralph Barrick, who's a North Carolina virologist who had worked closely with Dr. Xi, who is the Wuhan bat lady. 
Um, and they've cooperated on a few uh, papers studying, yes, uh, bat coronaviruses. So, uh, the, and the question is important additionally because the U.S. had a moratorium on so-called gain-of-function research from 2014 to 2017. We were not supposed to be funding this sort of stuff because it's very risky. If you start creating new uh, pathogens, you risk... And then they escape. Yeah, yeah, you risk creating pandemics, exactly this sort of thing. So it's not just the question of did we fund it, but did people in charge of these agencies like Dr. Fauci at the NIAID send money to do research that we weren't supposed to be doing while defining it in different ways? A lot of complexities to navigate here. And um, uh, so that that's the nature of the exchange between the ongoing exchange between Rand Paul and Dr. Fauci. And Rand Paul, of course, has been aggressively investigating all of this. And at, at the uh, Senate hearing this week, um, Rand Paul grilled Fauci again. And Dr. Fauci became kind of uncharacteristically pissy and called uh, belligerent. Called, yeah, called Rand Paul a liar. Dr. Fauci, knowing that it is a crime to lie to Congress, do you wish to retract your statement of May 11th where you claimed that the NIH never funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan? Senator Paul, I have never lied before the Congress, and I do not retract that statement. This paper that you are referring to was judged by qualified staff up and down the chain as not being gain-of-function. So so what was? Saying, let me take, finish. You take an animal virus and you increase its transmissibility to humans. Right. You're saying that's not gain of function. Yeah, that is correct. And and Senator Paul, you do not know what you are talking about, quite frankly. And I want to say that officially. They took animal viruses that only occur in animals and they increased their transmissibility to humans. How you can say that is not gain of function? It is not. I totally resent the lie that you are now propagating. Senator, and you are implying that what we did was responsible for the deaths of individual. I totally resent and it could that. Have been. And if anybody and it could is have been. lying here, Senator, it is you. Ooh. Okay. It, it's kind of a frustrating listen because as you pick up on, they're just arguing about definitions. Yeah. Like, this is blue. No, it's green. Right. Okay. Well, he's just, um, it's an appeal to authority saying like, this has gone up and down the bureaucratic ladder filled with corrupt and incompetent individuals. And they haven't defined it as gain of function research. Who gives a shit? Yeah. The, uh, the layman question is all that matters, which is, did we fund weird animal virus manipulation research in Wuhan at the Wuhan lab or not? Yes. And if we could just get a straight answer to a basic layman question like that, it'd be nice. But again, to, re to, Remind ourselves of what we know for sure. We absolutely gave money to the Wuhan lab. That's not in dispute. The Wuhan lab also does weird animal virus manipulation research. That is also not in dispute. It's just a question of whether we gave them money specifically for that purpose. But of course, money is fungible. And as far as the specific paper that Rand Paul is citing, it's a 2017 paper by a group of authors, including the bat lady, Dr. She. And as characterized by factcheck.org, quote, a few of their experiments combined different elements of viruses to better understand what's required to infect human cells. Specifically, the 2017 research used the backbone of a QIV1. Uh, I'm, I'm getting outside my expertise here, so bear with me. Backbone of QIV1, a bat SARS-like virus reported in 2013, and swapped in the spike protein of two newly identified bat coronaviruses to see if they can use human ACE2 receptors 
to enter human cells. Now, a lot of the scientific jargon there above uh, my pay grade and understanding, but sure sounds a lot like manipulating weird animal viruses to make them transmissible to and between humans to me. Yeah. I don't care if you call it, I don't call it a rose by any other name, right? I don't care if you call it gain of function. I don't care. I don't, I don't care if you call it blue, green, red, whatever you're, we're paying you to take viruses from animals, mess with them so that they can infect human beings. Right. And that's not debatable. It's just Rand Paul and Dr. Fauci arguing, does that fit the definition of whatever stupid term they want to apply to it? And why is Fauci going after that? Because there are all sorts of legal implications for Fauci, not just um, if this happened under the moratorium uh, of gain of function, that would be legally implicating potentially. But also because, um, oh, and by the way, I should say this, the, the research I just quoted with all the medical jargon about taking bat viruses and uh, messing with them to make them infect humans. Uh, here is the actual paper itself. And you scroll down and it's got a notation on funding. Oh, look at that. The National Institutes of Health and specifically Dr. Fauci's sub-agency, the NIAID, right there in the credits. Incredible. So Incredible. we're sitting here arguing about what definitions are because Dr. Fauci at the time potentially wasn't supposed to be funding this sort of uh, um research and i don't know what the timeline is it's possible it happened it's 2017 so it's possible it happened right after the moratorium ended i don't want to make an accusation i'm not fully confident in but that there are potential legal issues there and of course remember that dr fauci last may said categorically in front of uh, a senate panel with Rand paul there i believe uh, we do not and have never funded gain-of-function research at the wuhan virology lab that's what dr fauci said and that seems highly debatable now so Rand paul uh has now sent a letter to the Justice Department asking for criminal charges against Dr. Fauci for lying to Congress. This, of, cho this of course, has no chance uh, in a Biden DOJ especially. But I do appreciate Rand Paul's persistence in getting at uh, what actually is the most important mystery of the virus, which is where did it come from and did we pay for it? Yeah. God bless Rand Paul. He, he really believes that he can save the system using the system, doesn't he? He just needs to come over to the dissident right and help us burn it all to the ground. <laughs> He's probably the politician I have the most enthusiasm for currently. Yeah. So good for him. And uh, well, we'll go from the politician I have the most enthusiasm for to the politician I probably have the least. I don't know. <laughs> I, it's, it's just a clown show at this point. So I He's not I don't even I wouldn't even say that Joe Biden is my most hated politician. It's like hating the guy walking in circles at the, at the nursing home, the nursing home living room watching Judge Judy or something like that. He's out of his mind. But can I really hate him? Is it moral to hate him? Yeah. Uh, blame his handlers, I guess. You likely saw the uh, the, the hardly coherent clips from CNN's Joe Biden town hall uh, with Don Lemon this week. God, I, I'm not going to say God bless Don Lemon, but Don Lemon, <laughs> Don Lemon was trying to hold this man's hand and walk him over to the uh, I don't know, the jello samples, wherever he's going. At. But Biden babbled on about uh, the safety of vaccines, and he was asked about vaccine skepticism on the black community. Now, there are some substantive issues that I want to get to, but of course, his incoherent babble is a story insofar as we pretend like this isn't an issue <laughs> like this, like this guy is not exhibiting clear signs of uh, horrendous cognitive decline here. He is um, first asked about the, uh, the, the, the vaccine eligibility for 
kids under 12. When is that going to happen? And tell me if you can gather any kind of coherent answer out of this. And I've heard you speak about it because you always, I'm not being solicitous, but you, you're always straight up about what you're doing. Yeah. And the question is whether or not we should be in a position where you uh, um, are. Why can't the 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 experts say we know that this virus is, in fact, uh, um, uh, it's going to be uh, or excuse me. We we, we know why all the drugs approved are not temporarily approved, but permanently approved. That's underway, too. I expect that to occur quickly. What? I, the best I can do is that people expect speed for approval on these things, but they're going to have to be patient. I don't know. That's what I, you got from that. I guess it's hard for me to even say. Uh, do you have a stab of what he meant? Uh, no, that was, that was <laughs> totally incoherent. How about this one? Um, he, he babbled on about the safety of the vaccines and he was asked about vaccine, vaccine skepticism in the black community. And Biden talked about kids discovering a man on the moon or aliens. You, you, you got the vaccination? Yeah. Are, are, you, are you okay? I mean, you seem, no, it works. Or, you, you know, or, 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 or the mom and dad or, 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 or the neighbor or when you go to church or when you're, no, I, I, I really mean it. There are trusted interlocutors. Think of the people. If, if your kid wanted to find out whether or not there were, there's a man on the moon or whatever, you know, something or, you know, whether those aliens are here or not. You know, who are the people they talk to beyond the kids who love talking about it? I, I have no what? idea what he's talking about. OK, um, let's let's be charitable with this. Um, he's saying that you need to listen to authorities so that you don't spin your wheels with uh, far away myths and conspiracies i get like if your kid wants to know if there's a man on the moon who should he consult but he doesn't really answer and then we're supposed to tell the black community to get the vaccine because of how kids investigate the man on the moon well i mean we do need to be treating the black community as though they are a community of children so i'm (laughs) okay i am with joe biden on that okay uncommon alliances uncommon alliance okay Um, maybe we need to talk to the black community about there being a man on the moon is that what he's saying i guess hey uh, give it a stab um in case you think that that's inaccurate snopes has said the the uh quotation is accurate it's uh correctly attributed so snopes fact check true but i don't want to spend the whole time just trying to decipher joe biden old man babble because we've seen plenty of it and we kind of know what the bit is at this point there was some actual substance Um, Biden did make a few comments about rights and policy that I think should be seriously discussed when he and Don Lemon were discussing keeping or getting rid of the filibuster. Joe said that your right to vote is the most important right that you have. And there's a lot at stake. The most important one is the right to vote. That's the single most important one. And your vote counted and counted by someone who honestly counts it. Okay, so uh, the most important right you have, that's retarded. Well, certainly set aside the um, the irony of. uh, Yeah, of this guy saying that, which, of course, uh, Susan, there is none since Biden was the most popularly and fairly and freely and securely elected president of all time. But, yeah, you're you're exactly right. The the dangers of saying that your your right to vote or that voting in general is is more important than any other right. Just just think about that for a second, because. um. 
if your right to vote is indeed more important than every other vote or every other right, every other natural right that's enshrined in the Bill of Rights, say um, your your right to speak freely and think freely, your right to assemble, your right to religious practice, uh, your right to defend yourself, your right to be free from unreasonable search and seizure, your right to due process. If those um, if the right to vote is actually more important than all of those. Well, guess what? Those get voted away. <laughs> those right. are all subject to <laughs> the whims of the majority. Exactly. Yeah. So if, if you're seriously willing to say that, what you've done is just created a, a recipe for tyranny. You've said that, um, well, uh, it, the, the right to vote is the most important. Majority will is the most important. If they vote to censor you or they vote to imprison you or they vote to kill you, hey, the right to vote is the most important. And if you have some right. pushback on that, why? Is it because there are, in fact, other rights that are more important than uh, well, of course. I mean, I hate to yeah. endow some of the things that he says with with legitimacy and coherence when obviously uh, other things that he say are it's like old man babble. But I think that this was pointed in that if you force stupid people to vote, you can use their voting power to strip rights and privileges from the rest of the constituents. So, I, yeah. I mean, I think he wants dumb people to believe that their right to vote is the most important thing so that they can take away our other rights. If we believe that that democracy itself, as in the will of the majority, is actually the most important thing, it's tyranny. And, yeah. and that's that is a guarantee. If if yeah. people are willing to vote their will regardless of the rights of others, um, that's going to be a problem. And that's exactly the sort of tyranny that the founders of this country foresaw and tried to protect against. Mm-hmm. So for all this talk of, uh, you know, protecting American rights, like you're talking about a recipe to uh, destroy them very quickly. Joe also was asked about gun control and his progress on gun control and his answer crammed just an amazing amount of um, falsehoods and wrong things into under a one minute answer. Actually, crime is down. Gun violence and murder rates are up. Guns. The idea you need a weapon that can have the ability to fire 20, 30, 40, 50, 120 shots from that weapon, whether it's a whether it's a nine millimeter pistol or whether it's a rifle is ridiculous. I'm continuing to push to eliminate the sale of those things. The people who, in fact, are using those weapons are acquiring them illegally illegally. I've gotten ATF, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. I have them increase their budget and increase their capacity, along with the Justice Department, to go after the gun shops that are not abiding by the law of doing background checks. That's a hell of a take, though. Crime is down if you don't count murder. Uh, yeah. I, I I don't know. It seems like a pretty important crime to count. Um, but hey, did you In know fact, that a lot the of the most important crime, perhaps, pro- probably you could make an <laughs> argument for some others, but it's up there. It's top top handful. But and of course, not all those murders are committed with guns, knives, hands, other weapons play a significant role and are significant factors. But more importantly, is he talking about banning guns outright? No, he's talking his nonsense about assault weapons, which are a statistically non-existent fraction of those gun murders. And I know what he means, but it still annoys me when he says this. A gun that can shoot 120 rounds. That's called a gun. Like any, any gun, gun. Yeah. If you can load it fast enough, can shoot 120 rounds. Yeah. He means um, with a magazine that holds 120 rounds, which I get. But again, show me the data that 
these so-called high capacity magazines, he doesn't even even mean your standard 30 round AR mag or something. He means like 60 or 120 round drums that those are being, that those are part of this murder increase that you're talking about. Did the, did the Vegas shooter even have drum mags? I think he had belt fed. I can't remember. He had belt fed. But other than that, you're talking about almost never. You're talking about guys have these drum mags as range toys. They are, these people aren't Rambo. What, 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 do you think people walk around like this or something? It's, I've never I've, seen those in my life. <laughs> they, you'll see them from people having fun at the range, but nobody's committing crimes with them. You've seen them at the range before? I've yeah, sure. People them. have them to have fun uh-huh. with them. But I've, I've almost never heard of crime being committed with these gigantic <laughs> drum mags. And yeah. his... <laughs> His point, like, oh, these people are, they're acquiring these weapons illegally. How, okay, there's no special background check on assault weapons as you define them. It's the same background check if you get an AR, you get a bolt action rifle or any gun, same thing. And the things that make it an assault weapon, they're just pieces of plastic, that you, the mm-hmm. types of grips you put on it or whatever magazine you put in it. But guess what? If I want to get a certain grip or a, a, a 120 round drum mag, that's not a gun that can ship straight to my house tomorrow, assuming I live in a free state. So what for background now, check? Yeah. What ba- there's the point is there's no background check um, fraud or negligence going on there because there's no background check required to buy those stupid pieces of plastic. What the hell are you talking about? Assault plastic. Assault plastic. And and I can tell you, um, you've probably had the same experience. I've I've bought guns at everything from like big major box store chains to like a shack on a back road in the middle of nowhere, Montana. And even in the small backwoods operation, I've never had somebody say a thing like, Oh, don't worry about the background check. Fuck it. I've never, I've never heard of that. The last time I bought, um, in fact, when I, when I bought the, my son's first rifle as we, uh, the, that we did that, uh, that was gifted on behalf of the show, which was very cool. I bought that at this small, t- like a small town operation off the interstate. And I made a mistake in an honest mistake when I was filling out the the form, the guy caught it and said, hey, I need you to initial this because we got to change. Well, yeah, this. it's governed by incentives of both parties. So nobody is going to want to sell a gun to somebody who's going to subsequently commit some sort of horrific murder. And then they're going to be yeah. um, held accountable. It, it's it's nobody would do that. No, the, this yeah, gun show loophole. None of this stuff exists because nobody wants to get landed with a murder charge. They're a small town operation. That business is very important to them. They get a lot of, you know, travel through the interstate. But you think they want to make mis- you think they want to one make mistakes on these federal forms, but two be negligent about it. Guess what happens if they are the right. feds come in and shut down their business tomorrow. There's no evidence that there's this widespread negligence on background check forms. I've never seen it. From the biggest box stores to the tiniest operations, everybody's always very thorough. diligent. Yeah, always. it's just made up. And um, you know, of course, it's it's going to get even tougher for these uh, family businesses if you get uh, David Chipman in as the uh, AFT or ATF director, as they've been as they uh, have been trying to, and. Uh, it's sort of been all quiet on the David Chipman front for mm-hmm. a little while. Um, we talked a little bit about him upon his nomination. Um, and really, there have been a lot of crickets. He got through the Judiciary Committee on a party line vote. And supposedly there's going to be a Senate wide confirmation vote for him. But we're not hearing a lot about it. Crickets. Have you heard anything about it in the last few weeks? I do have a little bit of an update here, but there's also more. um Another another Chipman quotable that emerged. Um, it was actually from an interview he did last spring when everyone was buying up guns amid the the coronavirus scare and of course all the riots. And David Chipman 
Um, he says in this interview that if you're a new gun owner, one of these millions of people who bought a gun for the first time, you should probably lock it up and put it unloaded in your pantry behind the, the prepper beef jerky and the cans of tuna until the zombie apocalypse that you're so afraid of comes. This is an outrageous quote, but listen to this guy. And so in their mind, uh, they might be confident. They might think that they're diehard, ready to go. But unfortunately, they're more like Tiger King and uh, they're putting themselves and their families in danger. And so what I would suggest is for those people who were first time gun owners, if they did go out and buy a gun, um, I would secure that gun locked and unloaded and hide it behind the cans of tuna and beef jerky that you've stored in a cabinet. And, um, you know, only bring that out if the zombies start to appear. Um, And I don't think they are. That is so insulting. You know, I don't know. I know so many people with guns. I don't know that any single one of them owns a gun and is not gun proficient. Uh, no, I mean, most people I know are are incredibly responsible. And you and I both live in very high gun possession states like gun per, guns per capita. Also very low crime per capita states. Yeah. The idea that they're dangerous. Well, he'd probably cite the suicide rate, which there is a high one in the state of Montana, but um, you know, as we've seen in Japan and other countries, you can remove guns. That doesn't mean people don't find ways to end their lives if they decide they want to. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he'll, he'll say that just the, the presence of a gun in your home is, is a danger. Um, maybe, you know, statistically I'll even grant that point, but guess what, David, it's my fucking house. So why don't you fuck off? I'll, <laughs> I'll treat it as dangerously as I want, you know, and you can, you can have your opinion about it, but it doesn't matter because it's not your property. God, and as so a matter of insulting, that makes me rage. And as another matter of principle, I'd much rather be like Joe Exotic than David Chipman. Ugh. Joe Exotic may be a weirdo. He may have certain STDs. I don't know. But I'd rather be you like know Joe you'd Exotic. You'd have to do meth and have promiscuous <laughs> sex with young I'd still, boys. I would still rather be like Joe Exotic than like David Chipman. At least I didn't Ugh. partake in uh, Waco and Ruby Ridge and other grand scale atrocities. You would have a different set of guilt on you. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, uh, 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 the irony of this guy too lecturing us about keeping families safe. It's like, yeah, how about how about all the families at Waco, dude? How safe were they? Yeah, you did really. a great job keeping them safe. Yep. We appreciate it. So, as I mentioned, Chipman's nomination cleared the Judiciary Committee. It's supposedly coming up for a full Senate vote, but on Monday we actually got a little bit of a clue. It, you would think they would have done it by now if they had the votes. Mm-hmm. They, must, they must they, be rallying the votes, right? You would infer they don't have them, but uh, Dick Durbin. Uh, Senator from Illinois and the majority whip in the Senate kind of confirmed that suspicion on Monday. He said in a political report that the count, the vote count for Democrats is not where they want it yet, but there's always a chance. So you're saying a, a, a Chipman confirmation is not, Hey, we're working on it. It's coming. There's a chance. He's doing the old Lloyd Christmas from dumb and dumber. Yeah. So you're telling me there's a chance. There's a chance. Yeah. That's not good language from, I, I think he chairs the judiciary committee too. Doesn't he? I don't know, but this guy, Durbin knows what's going on with the votes. And for him to be that pessimistic, say, well, there's a chance um, Chipman might be done. And good. As, That's great. Although who else are they going to put in? Maybe worse. Yeah, you never know. I mean, it, it could possibly get worse. But as far as the votes, um, Pat Toomey of Pennsylvania came out and said he's not going to support Chipman. That was a possible moderate Republican vote for Chipman. He's gone. Susan Collins has already voiced skepticism. So it's now believed that not a single Republican will vote for Chipman, which means Democrats need all 50 plus a tie breaking Kamala Harris to make it happen. And Joe Manchin has not said what he will do. Uh, my guy, John Tester in Montana, has not said what 
he will do. He votes with Chuck and Nancy like a good Democrat all the time. But that said, he is up for reelection in 2024 and a vote for Chipman would be probably very politically consequential right. in this state. So I don't think he's very enthused about that. And then you have Kristen Cinema in Arizona too, who also has said nothing. Um, could I see them getting some of those votes? Yeah. Could I see John Tester caving on this? Cause he always does. Yeah. All three though. I don't Unlikely. know, man. I think Chipman might be done actually. Good. But I don't want to celebrate that too early. Cause the second I do, he's, uh, you know, knocking on my door to, uh, enforce the new pistol brace uh, rule or whatever it is they put in place. They could be downplaying support to um, ensure that they keep the votes that they have or something as well. Yeah, maybe. It might be a tactic. I, I, I am still very cautious about this. And if you have yet to um, issue comments on a lot of the ATF's consideration on pistol braces and redefining receivers and 80% lowers or, you know, contacting your senator to voice your opposition to Chipman, it does appear that flooding their inboxes and flooding their phone lines is having some effect. So, uh, you know, if you're, if you still believe that our political system can be useful to achieve uh, just ends, it looks like it might be working in this case, but don't, don't count it as a certainty. Um, one thing is for certain though. One thing we can confirm for Joe Biden, um, is that he and his other Democrats are definitely not, uh, sucking the blood of children. Joe made this point at his CNN town hall uh, when he was talking about national unity. Uh, those QAnon people believe we're sucking the blood from children. We're definitely not. But some of the stuff, I mean, QAnon, the idea that the Democrats or the Biden is hiding people and sucking the blood of children and do No, I'm serious. <laughs> That's... Well, the denial is probably the best evidence of it yet, I, I would Did say. Did you see the woman in the crowd that was like... <laughs> um, old man brain is revealing. Remember the uh, the the most uh, the largest and most extensive voter fraud organization ever devised? Which didn't happen. Yeah, yeah that was just nonsense, right? Uh, Susan did, definitely didn't happen. Old man brain is revealing sometimes. Now, the best defense I can give him there is like he's talking about national unity, getting along. He's saying it's difficult when segments of the opposition party believe crazy things like I'm sucking the blood from children as though, um, you know, Russia gate was not uh, a crazy hoax as though the Ukrainian quid pro quo was not a crazy hoax. The Brett Kavanaugh uh, hoax, Jesse Smollett, uh, the Covington kids, you name the crazy things that they've believed in political opposition to Trump. This one is a bridge too far, apparently. But OK, you're going to go with that. The trouble is, though, nobody really asked you about that. It's a weird point to bring up. I guess yeah. it happens. But then he was asked outside uh, of Air Force One, outside his plane. Uh, hey, what's going on with defunding the police? What's that about? And he again defended himself by saying, we're not sucking the blood of children. Are there people in the Republican Party who think we're sucking the blood out of kids? And he just drops the mic and walks away. (laughs) Draw your own conclusions, I guess. I wish this was real uh, circulating on Twitter. Snopes rated the statement as mostly false. (laughs) If you're wondering what the mostly or what the partly true part is, um, it is, in fact, just a gag. The the fact check is not real before you slap me with uh, a fact check, Susan or anyone else. And Joe, um, he certainly isn't uh, sucking the blood of kids for immortal life. You shouldn't believe that. But he 
is basically living immortally, or at least for an inhuman amount of time. He just has that inherently, I guess. He said this week at a White House podium, he was chairman of the Judiciary Committee 150 years ago. Way back 150 years ago when I was chairman of the Judiciary Committee, we spent a lot of time. So how does he do it? Oh my gosh. Definitely not kids' blood. (laughs) So bad. Oh, God. Did you see his crowd? sorry for him. Did you see his crowd at the CNN town hall? Yeah, yeah. Less than half full. Uh, I've seen bigger crowds at middle school plays than this. They can always blame coronavirus, though. That's what they do. That's what Twitter... Oh, you guys know there's a pandemic going on. Oh, really? Uh, Where's the social distancing? I assume they can't let more people in because of social distancing, right? (sighs) Where's that at? Masks? No. I guess we're not worried about the uh, Delta variant. This guy... Uh, whoever this man is, uh, Ryan Anthony gets joke for the week on Twitter. As far as I'm concerned, those seats aren't empty. They're filled with the ghosts of the dead people that voted for him. <laughs> uh, so good one, Ryan Anthony, Nice. which uh, is absolutely false. Susan fact check false. I don't know why he would say such a thing. And it turns out nobody watched it either. It, it was on CNN on Wednesday night. It uh, actually was the lowest rated among the cable news uh, race. It was behind Fox and MSNBC. Uh, and they, those were just running normal cable news shows, doing their interviews and all the... No- you got the president doing a town hall and he's, he can't yeah. even get the top cable news rating. Anyway, uh, absolutely most popularly elected president in the history of the country. Nothing to see here. Got anything else on Biden before we move on to uh, resuming our shit talking about Black Rifle? Just going to get worse. well last week we discussed the uh controversy of black rifle coffee recall they had given this lengthy interview in the new york times and they welcomed the times into their offices for this dramatic photography about their strategy sessions and their their business strategy of how to navigate the politics of their coffee industry and There were a lot of problems with this article and interview, but it was the final paragraphs that really bugged a lot of people and I think were the subject of the bulk of our criticisms. And just to remind you, the piece reads at the end, quote, the Rittenhouse episode may have cost the company thousands of customers, but CEO Hafer believed it also allowed Black Rifle to draw a line in the sand. Quote, it's such a repugnant group of people, Hafer said. It's like the worst of American society. And I got to flush the toilet of some of those people, the kind of hijacked portions of the brand, the racism Uh, The racism really pisses me off. He said, I hate racist, proud, boyish people like I'll pay them to leave my customer base. I would gladly chop all of those people out of my customer database and pay them to get out. And about the same time that we went live on Sunday, the CEO, Evan Hafer, posted a video explaining his side of the story on Instagram. Since we didn't have the video then, uh, we will play it now. And then he and co-founder Matt Best also appeared on Dana Lash's show to explain as well. So the gist of what the CEO, Mr. Hafer, said first um, is that his words were mischaracterized in this New York Times piece and that the original Rittenhouse controversy last fall, remember when they said, uh, we don't have a relationship with the 17-year-old facing charges in Wisconsin, even though he was wearing our T-shirt after he was released. Um, the CEO says he got attacked with lots of racist, uh, attacked by lots of racist and anti-Semitic trolls and that in this interview, he was only talking about those racist and anti-Semitic trolls. There is a significant 
amount of misinformation being put out on the internet about Black Rifle and about statements that I've made. The first and probably the most important inaccuracy in any story published is that I've somehow made derogatory statements towards my customers or conservatives. So the actual conversation was taking place around anti-Semitism and racism in America. And then our attack, because we were attacked last year by a group of very organized uh, anti-Semites, if you didn't know, and they were targeting me because of my last name and because of my heritage. We were purely discussing that. I said, anti-Semites and racists do not have a place in my company and I will gladly tell them to leave and pay them. I'm not making derogatory statements about my customers. I'm purely stating uh, racists and anti-Semites do not have a place here. I'll say it again and I still believe it. So if people have a problem with that, I have no problem with them leaving whatsoever. Uh, okay. Their coffee sucks. And you know, racists drink coffee too. <laughs> well, we'll get to, yeah, I want to, I want to react in full after we listen to this Dana Lash bit, but yeah, I, uh, I agree that even if I take the best possible interpretation of what he's saying, I still don't agree. I still think it's a bad take. Um, but this is, seems like opportunistic garbage. I feel like he was like, oh, no, I'm losing money. I better backtrack and uh, see if I can retain some of my customer base. And I think there are plenty of reasons to believe that to be the case. Um, they they went on Dana Lash's show and uh, they being the CEO Hafer and the, the his fellow co-founder, Matt Best. And as far uh, as far as I recall, in this initial Instagram video, he didn't even address the Rittenhouse issue. They did in the Dana Lash interview well into it, like halfway or so through it. But this is what they had to say about the Rittenhouse situation. I have a concealed handgun license. I carry a gun nearly everywhere I go. And at any time, I'm ready to have the opportunity to per defend myself legally. So if someone does that, of course I'm gonna support them, right? There's instances within this company that we get thrown into a larger political discussion. I was carrying a gun seven years ago for a living. I am not mm. smart enough to be a political commentator, <laughs> like straight up, you know? And that for instance, he had every right to defend himself uh, in that circumstance. I don't know how the legal system is gonna push left or right. I don't know what was happening before and I honestly don't know what's after, but I do know and I do believe that people have the right to defend themselves and they have right. the right to defend their property. Let me ask this, when did conservatives start taking everything that the New York Times wrote at face value? I didn't know it started, but- whatever. When did that happen? Yeah. Oh my gosh, well why did you do the interview? Yeah. That, Duck face McGee. Yeah, this is insane. <laughs> that, that is the point that I hate, which, um, yeah, I, I agree that we shouldn't take everything read in the New York Times at face value. The question is, why did they do? Why did Black Rifle uh, take the New York Times at face value? Why did Black exactly, Rifle trust yeah. the New York Times? Why did Black Rifle invite them into their office? Um, so, I mean, the list of problems with this response, to me, these responses made the situation worse. They didn't just fail to explain what had happened and what they were trying to express, but maybe struggled to do to me, it makes the whole thing look even shadier and even, uh, even more dishonest than it appeared in the first place. So, and then they retweeted it. Yeah. They have, there's a lot of problems here. First, if we're not supposed to trust the New York times and that's your lecture for us, then you don't get to trust the New York times. Number one, um, if the article is misrepresentation as is claimed now, Oh, the, the quote is accurate, but we were talking about a different group of people. We weren't talking about Rittenhouse supporters. We were talking about racist anti-Semites who attacked us. Okay. I, I could believe that the New York times might mischaracterize a quote. Why then was your response 
when the article was published simply to retweet it without comment to just without perpetuate its reach. And they didn't there was no Black Rifle official account response after this that said quotes in this piece are misleading. This is not what we meant. They just put it out there and then it sat for two or three days, maybe more. I forget. It, It was like a Wednesday or Thursday through a Sunday night. And then CEO guy comes out and says, oh, man, we were so misrepresented. Okay, well, <laughs> what have you been doing for days? Well, this yeah. you've just been helping to circulate this article. Uh, that seems very weird that you were misrepresented, but your initial instinct was to promote it. And to date, as far as I can tell, the Black Rifle official account has not said anything about this article other than to promote it without comment. Right. I know. And then this Kyle Rittenhouse thing really pisses me off because they had an they're, they're these two way defenders and they they support self-defense in your personal life. And he's been carrying a gun for everybody fucking years, whatever. Um, but they had an opportunity to defend Kyle Rittenhouse and instead they bitched out. And now I, they're like, well, I, I support I support two way. I did think that was a pretty weak response. And again, I say this as somebody who originally supported last fall their right to stay out of it if they wanted to. But I think it's to me, it doesn't seem it just it's very weak to say, you know, um, I, I'm just not smart enough to be a political commentator, man. Come on, dude. Your whole company is basically political commentary. Let's be honest here. It doesn't mean that you're compelled to offer an opinion on every single case. And I'll respect your right not to if you don't want to. But don't give me this. I'm too dumb to have a political yeah. opinion. Take Your company is a political opinion, essentially. Yeah. I, I didn't like that. Um, their claims that they were misrepresented again. I'm no friend of the New York times or automatic believer. Um, who have you contacted at the New York times to get the correction? Did you, can can we see the correspondence? Did you email? Did you say, Hey, this excuse for this. If they were going to run the piece anyway, which I've I've heard them say, well, they were going to run it regardless. Uh, you keep your mouth shut and you let it run. And then it's just a hit piece on your company. We've all got one except for you. Um, you know, who was it that, who was that person that, uh, the guardian wrote to them? And they were like, we're doing a piece on you. And then he, he responded like, fuck you, lol, or something. Uh, I think you're thinking of Martin Shkreli, who wrote Suck a Dick, lol. <laughs> and it was the Huffington <laughs> that's Post. <it>. Okay, <laughs> I got nothing in that story right. But, and, you know, that's the attitude we need to have. If, if media wants to talk to you, you say, suck a dick, lol, And if, if Black Rifle posted this article with that and said, listen, we tried to be good faith with them. They came in. We thought the interview went well, but this is a total misrepresentation. Fine. Fine. Yeah. I would believe them. Yeah. But they didn't. They didn't. They sat on it for days. They retweeted it. And then suddenly, after days of realizing this was not popular uh, with their customers, oh, suddenly now we're misrepresented. Um, and then I, I need clarification, too, because he says, oh, I just don't like the racists and the anti-Semites. All right. But this isn't the New York Times characterization. You said, I hate proud boyish people. And again, he doesn't dispute that that's what he said. No point does he dispute that. Yeah, is he I talking hate... about Gavin McInnes, who uh, talks yeah. about how he loves brown people ad nauseum? They're not racists, dude. Like, I'm not going to excuse you for smearing the Proud Boys either. So why? why? And lastly, um, the, the point that you made, I, I agree. Who gets to define who's a racist and and why <laughs> why are we banning them from the company? Like, do you have any idea all, what... There are all sorts of bizarre opinions among your customer base. They're just and who are. cares? Yeah. And you present yourself as a pro-constitution, pro-America company. I, I understand that you also have your rights to association and maybe you don't want to serve certain people. But fundamentally, don't you support people's rights to have a viewpoint? It's not even yeah. I guess the people who took action of harassing you. Maybe that's beyond a viewpoint. But at some level, too, dude, you live on the Internet. All right. Yeah. Your mentions you and your emails are going to get filled with uh, weird, weird, crazy people from time to time. It happens to everybody. 
you don't get to choose uh, the individuals in your customer base. You think McDonald's is like everybody they sell a hamburger to, they have to check to make sure they aren't a pedophile or something. Like nobody cares who their customers are. You're out to make some money. You brand in a certain way to attract a certain kind of people. And outside of that, it's not like you're vetting people. I think you you have a right to, but but yeah, who does it? Like you're going to say you have to have a certain, um, you you have to adhere to a list of uh, ideological views that, that I support to, for me to do business right. with you. Now the pushback there, and I will acknowledge we've seen companies, um, companies, uh, like, like Phoenix ammo, for example, that said, if you, if you voted for Biden, I don't want your business. Fine. Yeah. Now I, I do think he has a right to do that. Um, I would also say that that's a little bit different in that there's an action connected to that. Yeah. Nobody's voted to shut down the business of black rifle coffee. The analogy there would be like, yeah, you voted to shut down and end my business. I don't want your business. In the case well, of the no, ammo no. company, also if if Justin if Justin saw his uh you know his his business get a little dry and then he bitched out and backtracked, hmm. it would be a whole different thing. I think that you should be able to discriminate against people for any reason or no reason at all. I don't really care about that. But in this case, they betrayed their base. Yeah, which which Phoenix did not do. They just said, if you're a Democrat and then the 100 percent conservative base was like, sweet, <laughs> they betrayed yeah. their base. And now that they're losing money. They're like, oh, no, I, I, I think the standard of if you arbitrarily define me as racist, then I should be shunned and not yeah. like who's going to define this. What does that mean? What viewpoints are banned? It's just it, it's a it's a whole bunch of nonsense. And I, the other the last question I would have that wasn't asked, I'm disappointed is how do how do racist former customers collect? Because he's said it twice now. If you're a racist, go away and I'll pay you to leave. Former customer yeah. racist here. Can I is the check in the mail? How do I collect? Yeah, really? How do I collect? And I now I've had a select few people push back on me and us and say, like, we're participating in cancel culture. Um Who I'm cares? not trying I'm not trying to do that. I, I want you to make your own assessment about whether you think black rifles being honest or here, I'm not telling you to cancel your subscription. You do what you want to do. And that's fine with me. Um, but, uh, I, I, anyway, I lost, I lost my train of thought. That never happens to me. <laughs> no, it's okay. I mean, I'm so I, frustrated. I, I do no, think but, that we should be engaging in cancel culture. This is not yeah. a culture that we created and we have to, uh, you know, we've got to use the enemy's mechanisms to destroy to destroy this. Like, yeah. I, of course, we should be canceling the fuck out of people for for reasons like this. Uh, I well, I won't go that far, but no, fuck these um, guys. There's there are plenty of other. You, everybody wants to talk about free market capitalism. All you know how many coffee shops there are in my neck of the woods. How many people I can buy coffee from? People buy their shitty coffee because they talk about conservative values and all this other shit that they clearly don't even support. So why should anybody bother? Why should people wake up and drink this hot bean water from these conservatives and act like it's fucking good? Yeah. Uh, it's because of what they believe. And then they're like, well, Ooh, I'm too dumb to be in politics. You're in politics. Yeah. I, I want everybody to make their own assessment. And I understand that there's some level of split among the audience here. And that's fine. Um, the one thing that I would say is not rush out and cancel your subscriptions. But what I've noticed in trying to you be as fair, rush out and cancel your <laughs> what I've noticed in trying to be as fair to these guys as I can and listening Honestly, to what they're saying, to try to understand what happened, um, I, I don't necessarily find their I, I don't find their uh, explanation very um, convincing, obviously. Yeah. But I've been frustrated with the interviews. And I think you should be very careful about who you listen to on this insofar as this company has a lot of financial sponsorships of people in this arena. 
A lot of people have a financial relationship to this company. And in my opinion, it has influenced the willingness to push back on them, to challenge them or to ask the right questions. I'm not going to point fingers. I'm not trying to call anybody out specifically. I'm just saying when you listen to some of these interviews, be wary of who's interviewing and what the relationship to them financially may or may not be. Just keep that in mind when you're making your decision. Mm. Just my opinion. Pretty proud at how much restraint I practiced during the segment. Praise me, live chat. It's a great day. Yeah. It is. I only said Oyve one time. <laughs> well, yeah, now you're on the list where he you have to collect a check too. You have to be yeah, you have to be paid. Now we're we're gonna be just like everybody else, we'll be on the black rifle payroll, but for the opposite reason. Yeah. We're on the banned from drinking black <laughs> rifle payroll. Yeah. Fine. Anyway. Um Okay, so now, the, and honestly, this thing turned into way more than I ever intended to talk about, but it has become kind of a big story. And I, I had to give them their fair shake since they've had some explanation. I just, I don't think the explanation was satisfactory. I think it made it worse. Okay. Yeah, totally. Uh, it's time for hoax hate. Moving on. Now, the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, shit, it's backwards. You think they'll notice? Well, in Henderson, Kentucky, vandals spray-painted racial slurs and swastikas and white power slogans on two cars and two homes overnight on Wednesday. It all happened here at Washington and Ledger. Uh, these vandals spray painted racial slurs on two cars and two homes. The homes are directly across the street from one another. Both vehicles are covered in graffiti and on one of the homes, the word overpriced is spray painted on the siding. I spoke to the mother of the owner of that property as well as the two cars. She said they speculate at this point that the vandalism. May- wait, 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 wait. <laughs> that says I, I have to highlight that swastika. Yes, that is a swastika over overpriced, allegedly. Huh. Carry on. The vandalism may have been targeted at her son. And I immediately called my son and I said, somebody has been she over vandalizing the vehicles and I the buildings. So. And he said, what? And then he said, all of a sudden, his phone will start ringing off the hook. Everybody telling him this. And I just don't understand how somebody has time to do this. You know, I can't believe this still really goes on, if you know what I'm saying. First says a police report has been filed, and at this point, they do not know what time this took place. A neighbor we spoke to earlier this afternoon said they've never had a problem like this in the neighborhood. I also checked with the bakery just across the street to see if they have any surveillance video. They say they're still combing through the footage, hoping to identify some activity in the area. Oh, my God. Fleshia. I think that was her name. Yeah. Let me uh, double check here. Uh, yeah, Flashia Burris is the uh, the woman's name. Oh my God, this is all the. Did they have a GoFundMe? They do not, which is what I will say in their defense. But here are some considerations. I did see um, some self hating white people scrubbing that off the wall. <laughs> Good Samaritans, uh, helpful oh, people. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, reportedly, in addition to the vandalism, there was an attempt at breaking into these cars. Now, Burris Flashia, the woman that you saw in the story there. She and her son are are black, obviously, but the other victim of the vandalism, uh, the other house, the people who live there or the owners are white and the damaged cars that you saw. Both of them are the property of her son. Um, 
and he had them parked street side because they are for sale, apparently. Now, I can't get over that overpriced graffiti because it's so out of place. So what would that be referencing? Now, it might be referencing the cars the car. that he has for sale. However, for sure. Why'd they do it on the house then? See, I'm wondering if, this is my speculation, is this drug related? Like, wild speculation. I don't have any reason to. That's racist, man. <laughs> I'm just saying, it seems like there's some sort of price dispute between the vandals and this guy and they've decided to take it out on his property and they've done it to his cars which he's trying to sell and why would they do it to the other house maybe it was a mistaken address or maybe they did that on accident i don't know That's but a pretty i'm good theory i'm guessing that there was some kind of deal between these people that went wrong they took it out on him and tried to frame uh the, the neighborhood kkk man to uh deflect from the true uh, this, this is the work of a black person because a poor white person knows how to properly orient a swastika <laughs> always the th real nazis know how to make one i guess i mean these are some uniquely bad swastikas so bad one of those looks like a dick uh i don't have the pictures handy but of course they were in the video story uh, i terrible, will say though um, there is no gofundme for the family uh, as of yet that I could find. So maybe Fleshia. maybe it's legit. Who's got the time to do this? Uh, it would have taken like 30 seconds. So literally anybody would have time to do this. <laughs> yeah, it's not a, it's not exactly a masterpiece here. Only um, got the body of the cars too. So there's that. I have to pull up this story. I didn't have it handy, but uh, here we are. Um, recall uh, Representative Cori Bush, who is oh, the yeah. Black Lives Matter Congresswoman from St. Louis. Um, this lady, this is the lady who is actually... Um, part of the mob at the McCloskey house last summer. And she is now, I guess, keeping a, an entire Twitter thread of uh, what she calls, I guess, hate sent to her. Most of it racist in nature. And in one screen capture uh, posted on Thursday, Bush characterizes it as white supremacist violence. Uh, the screen capture is a screenshot of a Google form or some otherwise uh, similar web form filled out, but not submitted. And this isn't a screenshot of what you receive from when someone fills out a web form. This is the screenshot of you having just filled out the web form. And the reason we know that is because of the red asterisks in the, well, for one, you can see the form like where you fill it out. But for two, the asterisks notate required fields whenever you fill out an online form. So, does it mean that Cori Bush herself um, did it? Well, yes. I mean, the only other explanation is that some hateful person sent her a hate message, but it didn't hit send, just sent her a screen capture of the no. hate message that he didn't want to, uh, that he didn't want to send. And there's other indicators too. Um, some of these messages have the same inexplicable, seemingly random caps lock throughout the messages. People have thought that maybe that indicates one author for several of them if not more yeah um the bush has not responded to the accusation of faking this hate that was sent to her but if you'd like some funny light reading uh particularly you blonde i think this entire twitter thread might be right up your alley if you're looking Yay! for something to read at the airport or while you're waiting for the delta uh, uh delta help lady to get back to you <laughs> that's hilarious i mean i this has to be what it looks like. And this isn't just a person. This is the person, one of the people who's in charge of writing federal law. This is. Yeah. Uh, 
great. That's that's fantastic. This is our country. All right. Um, it's time. I'm tied up, tied up on time, so I'll have to be quick. But it is time for the movie review. In a world of movie references flying over his head, one man will finally watch them. This is the Matt and Blonde Show movie review. Well, this week it is Young Frankenstein. And as as always, uh, you can tell us why this was a pick of yours and what you like about it. Uh, Sure. This is a Mel Brooks, I think 1974 um, comedy horror, which is kind of a niche, niche genre. Uh, I do have a lot of nostalgia about this film, but it was wildly successful in the box office when it was released. And I think it resonated with people because um, everybody's, somewhat familiar with the story of Frankenstein, but this was really the first time that they had taken a comedic approach uh, to the Frankenstein story. And um, uh, Gene Wilder plays the grandson of Frankenstein, who's, who's very ashamed of his family. He, he says that his name is, is Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I'm Frankenstein. Um, until he uh, moves into his his grandfather's house and he reads a book uh, aptly entitled uh, how i did it i and... thought of oj when i saw the book <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah um and then he learns how to um to reanimate dead tissue and and hilarity ensues but there's a there's a lot of good commentary on uh the audience relationship with with monsters hmm. because peter boyle the 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 frankenstein monster he's um He's just so lovable. He, he, there are a lot of scenes where you're like, wow, he's a, he's a really likable guy. And then, of course, we'll talk about the, the ending, the, the surprise ending uh, where he marries Gene Wilder's wife, which, of course, was hilarious. I, I, I feel and, like I should like it, but it just it didn't. Yeah, that didn't land as well for me. This is. OK, so in, in many ways, this is the worst kind of movie for me to watch and review, but not because I hated it. If you it, it's the sort of movie that. I neither loved nor hated. So I didn't get really get the enjoyment of loving the movie. I didn't get the enjoyment of hating on it and coming with a whole bunch of things just to rip it for. Um, it's really just a movie that I watched and that's about it. And that's what about why the jokes. Did, did you, the there Roman are some, Zahay, did you laugh? There are some. And, uh, and that's, it, it was a frustrating review for me to write because I can't honestly be enthusiastic about a whole bunch of stuff that I liked about it. And I can't honestly hate a bunch of stuff about it either. And I don't want to, I don't want to give a mediocre review, but at the same time, this movie was kind of perfect mediocrity to me. It was just okay. Um, the the things I loved, not loved, the things that were good, the best things. Um, Igor is the character that, that saves the movie. Yeah. And uh, he's the one who had me laughing the most consistently. I think he had the, the most well-written and well-delivered lines. And I thought his character was that sort of uh, sweet spot where he's quirky and funny, but he's not over the top. We talked last week about Pee Wee and how you want to strangle him at times. <laughs> I Igor, didn't say that. <laughs> Igor doesn't really do that. And plus, I really appreciate it. Speaking of some good lines, there are good lines and there is good writing. It's just a little too intermittent and a little too spotty for me. But um when he gave the just a hunch joke and gave himself a rim shot, but I'm yeah. or whatever he said, yeah. um, that, that was well done. I liked that. That was, that was right up my alley. Um, and I also thought the sedative charade game, uh, bit was pretty funny where it's getting strangled and they're trying to figure out the syllables set a give. What the hell is set a give? 
So, yeah, it, I mean, it made me laugh. I'm not saying it didn't. And I'm not sitting here hating this movie. But what about just, the Gene Hackman scene where he's he's the blind man? I actually hated that scene. I thought it was really <gasps> boring. Oh, my that, God. Yeah, I, I, that one was just a snooze, uh, a snoozer to me. I didn't I guess I didn't get it. And the thing for this movie is like, have I not seen enough old school horror for the spoof to land for me? Is it maybe like comedy of almost 50 years ago is really hilarious then and I don't get it now or is it just kind of a just an okay movie um some of the bits that didn't land for me that that blind man bit didn't really land for me the inspector Kemp character I also didn't really get like the fact that people can't understand him I don't understand why that's funny because he was accostingly accostingly German I guess that one didn't really work for me um and then as as we mentioned I mean, I guess it was funny. At the end of the movie, he the Frederick Frankenstein basically trades his brain to the monster. And in exchange, it's revealed that he gets the monster's package and he is then sleeping again with Inga or whatever her name. But it's like he cheated on his fiance and then his fiance marries the monster. Yeah, but she was but terrible is, and vapid and they had nothing in common. I guess. I don't know. I just seem like I, I was kind of questioning what I was watching. Like, is this a, is this a good ending or is it just fun? Is it funny? I don't know. It didn't really. Well, they both ended up better, didn't they? I guess. I mean, you can make that argument that you're in the wrong relationship, but should you cheat your way out of an engagement? Now, granted, this isn't a movie that you're supposed to find profound moral guidance from, but it just it sort of impacted the way the comedy landed to me. Like, who am I supposed to be rooting for here or who? uh, It it was just kind of confusing. I didn't really get it. But they they Um, made her uh, overtly insipid. Uh, so that you were not sympathetic to her character. She's always talking about the taffeta darling and she, and yeah. she won't kiss him. And, yeah. and, you know, even though she's leaving, she's going to this party and he's just like, you're terrible. She's terrible. She's, she's a terrible human being. So who cares? And I say this as a generally a Gene Wilder fan, um, but he has a tendency to yell and he yells a lot in this movie. It's like, there's just an on off switch. He's either speaking softly or he's just yelling. And it it just grated on me over time. Oh, like, no. Just stop yelling, dude. We have to appear um, normal. And then his collar pops open. I understand some of it is intentional, uh, ironic drama, you know, uh, but it, it didn't. This performance to me was, I, I don't know, it's it, uh, probably my least favorite of his that I've seen. I'm not a Gene, uh, Gene Wilder aficionado, but I don't, this one didn't work as well as some other ones. You know what movie we have to watch is Blazing Saddles. Okay. Yeah. That's that's I haven't seen that in a long time. It's been a long time. I'm sure maybe if we nominate it later, it'll probably come up. But I, I would I would happily give Mel Brooks and Gene Wilder another chance on that one. Uh, and I bet it might be a little more to my liking. But as for now, I mean, this one gets uh, a three out of five wiki rating. OK, I'll allow it. And to me, it's that it's that worst kind of mediocre rating and that everything was just kind of perfectly okay i i wish i had impassioned things to say about it i just don't it's just kind of it was nothing truly excellent it was nothing truly awful it was just uh just okay <laughs> well i want I, I, I want to be recommending movies that you like but i i don't i don't even know what to do here well in fairness there are several that i've outright loved they live i loved my cousin Vinny. i loved the terminator series was maybe not perfect but i liked a lot alien there's been a lot of good stuff on there um, I just like I, I felt really th- this one put me in a tough spot. I was like, do I fake 
enjoyment of this movie or do I fake hatred of it? I just, I just don't, got, I just didn't you gotta care. You got to be true to you. I just didn't I care. Yeah. Oh, anyway. Man. Okay. So uh, the preliminary audience ranking is higher than mine. Uh, four wikis is the early rating. Five, not far behind it. So people are more in the four to five range than I am. So it's another case where I'm below the audience average. Uh, next up is I'm actually very excited for the what I've seen in the trailer of Big Trouble in Little China, which looks like delightful 80s cheese, maybe oh, even yeah. a little racist. It yeah. looks like it might be a little unfair to Asians <laughs> in its depictions. So I'm pretty excited to watch that one. And after that, the nominees are Total Recall, Walkabout, Clueless, Apocalypse Now, and Casablanca. Early vote there. Okay, but at the start of Showtime, Apocalypse Now was in an early lead, but Total Recall has since gained the lead. Slight edge for Total Recall. Um, Casablanca, Clueless, pretty far behind. So it looks like it's one and two between Total Recall and Apocalypse Now for the next movie. If you like 80s cheese, Total Recall is where it's at. Yeah, it looks like we're we're having at least one episode of that coming up soon. And of course, uh, the one and only place where you can read my movie reviews and tell me how wrong I am in the comments and submit your own rating and vote for the next movie is uh, in my weekly movie review column linked in the description and from the homepage of the website, mattchristiansonmedia.com. That's a show. Somehow we made it through. I know Uh, we got a lot of super chats, though. I doubt we're going to get through them all. Okay. Um, are you, I'm, I might be able to, I understand you have obligations. So if you need to step out, um, that's fine. And well, let's just see what we can do. Yeah. Let's see what we can do. Yeah. Um, all right. Incompetent hands, Mr. President, the VP stated she had visited the border. Dr. Fauci said no gain of function research. Your son claims it's not his laptop. So will you state here and now, do you drink children's blood? <laughs> was that the question that I missed? Maybe he that was must asked be that. It. Yeah. 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 Eric Burns, Marsh Blonde, if you want to bring your emotions to Matt's movie review, I suggest my flick, uh, Random Encounters. Love your BFF, Megs. Mm. Hi, Megs. Uh, slasher, um, Bram Stoker's Biden. Did I, I don't know. I don't know. I'll look it up. I must not know the reference. Incompetent hands. Um, guess I have to turn my black rifle coffee shirt oh. into a rag. What is it? Author of Dracula. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Uh, I really like that shirt. What will you do with your shirt, Matt? Do you own other two A clothing that you'd recommend? Thanks for my Sunday sanity. I don't. Yeah, I don't know what to do because I loved the tactical squat shirt. I, I loved that shirt, but I'm not gonna. I, don't know, I just th- this company Phoenix has some top keck new. Merch. Buy a new yeah, buy a new Phoenix shirt. Take that money I was using uh for Black Rifle, and again I had stopped my subscription before all of this for sort of unrelated reasons. Um, but take that and give it to firearms policy coalition, buy a shirt from yep. them, buy a Phoenix shirt. I don't know. Get something else. Although, you know, I can still admit, even though I'm not thrilled with the company right now, the tactical swatch artwork was excellent. Top tier. I'm bummed about it. Corey Alexander. The only thing worse than a leftist is a bro vet leftist who says very dumb stuff, then tries to walk it back while donating to anti two a groups and trying to act like they're super pro two a gatekeepers. I didn't look into this. I totally forgot. Did you? Uh, find I, it I, I had to cut it for time, but the explanation as to why they were giving to democratic candidates and specifically Tulsi Gabbard, oh, it was Obama. And yeah, that's right. Well, I had thought they were old. As I had said last they're week, new? they're actually more recent. Um, the CEO's explanation with Dana Lash was that he lost a bet. He had Ooh, engaged in some mm. bets and he's a man of honor. So he donated to Democrats. 
I don't know. It seems like a weird thing too, though. Like I could understand saying, all right, if I lose the bet, I'll like give money to Nancy Pelosi or something. But what, like Tulsi Gabbard is sort of one of those kind of edge candidates where it doesn't seem to me right. like a gun rights person should donate to her because she supported uh, assault weapons bans and things like that. But she's not she's not like an insane leftist candidate. She does have some sure redeeming lying. qualities. It's, yeah. it's totally it's plausible. Like they donated a, to Hillary Clinton or something. Like yeah. That. It's not out. It's not outlandish. It's not absurd. So it's just a weird bet to make like, Hey bro, if I lose this, I'll give money to Tulsi Gabbard. Oh, yeah. no way. Oh. No way. Okay. You're on. I, I just don't buy that. <laughs> um, mm. Mostly peaceful gun owner. If the screaming children are any indication, blonde is streaming from Joe Biden's basement. <laughs> uh, that was my daughter and some, some other girls. Uh, Accurate. Yeah. Well, have you checked their blood levels? He, they might have been no. victimized. We will yeah. see. Staff Saber um, moved out of my parents' place and into my own this week for the first time. Not quite the American dream yet, but headed in the right direction. Thank you both for your weekly encouragement so far. Good luck. Congratulations. Congratulations. Life is all about step by step, you know? It's, yep. People think about huge things you're trying to get done and you think about it too much at once it seems impossible you do the little thing make a little mm-hmm. bit of progress each day each week you get there congrats and then you get stranded in colorado <sighs> still progress has been made that's yeah. true boogeyman 917 says i doubt it uh I, why do i not i need to get that sounder back in my soundboard i don't have it handy i put it in the intro what? sometimes but i don't it's have our it handy. finest sounder except for keep your blonde fascist ass out of the and I don't have that handy either. They're just like intro relics, but I don't have them on demand. Which for new viewers, somebody actually yelled that through a megaphone at me. Yeah. In so Seattle, that is a, right? In Seattle. It was yeah. a fine sounder. It was like the uh, Milo uh, thing. It was, was, yeah, Milo it was the Milo event at UW. Yeah. Somebody got yeah. shot there. Remember? Yeah. And didn't they steal your phone and smash it or something? They did. And then I got maced. Yeah. Damn. Um, blonde. We just need the right leader in charge. Uh, then the planes and trains will run on time. I know. Right. That it is interesting to think about it in the context of that saying. Yeah. Literally the planes and trains are no longer running on time. I know. know. Nathan Stang. Hey, why couldn't all that plane crap happen to those silly Democrat joggers from Texas who fled to DC and saying we shall overcome. I know because they chartered private jets probably. And I'm flying commercial like an asshole. The same reason they weren't wearing masks. It's because they don't have those pesky FAA rules. Amber, the drunken pickle maker. Hey, Amber, I'm on vacay in Branson. Sweet. You should see the Petersons. They're this delightful family band from Branson. They have a very good YouTube channel, too. Mm. Um, I'll watch Tuesday. Have a great show. P.S. This part of the country is beautiful and everyone is so nice. Might move here soon, but no one else should stay far away. Branson has a hellish summer. It's just hell Mm. on earth. But otherwise, it's nice. Hayden R. said, wear beard. He did shave a little bit. Oh, I, I was I didn't want to bring it up because it's, you know, great story, compelling and rich. But um, it was an ev- accidental every so often, you know, I get my trimmer, which is set on the setting. I always have it. And, you know, I'm I'm uh, sort of absent mindedly getting ready for my shower. And, uh, you know, you, you just you take the thing and and you run it on your face because you're not thinking about it. And the guard on it is always slipping. So, like, yeah. I have it kind of at a medium length and I just go. Vroom. Oh, son of a bitch, dude. It didn't take it clean off, but it took it off enough that I have to take it down a lot. So it's, I don't, I hate being clean shaven. So I'm not going to shave clean. It's like, I'll take it down as low as possible and it'll grow out. It'll grow back out in a few days time. It's but okay. Yeah. Just hang on. Just hang on for a few days. Yeah. It'll Got be, it. it'll be back in shorter. But yeah, generally if it, if I look anything close to clean shaven or like 
too closely trimmed, it's because I accidentally did it. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> it's, it happens. It's happened multiple times. Yeah. Robin D. Banks. Come on, man. I never drank baby fraps. They were fetuses. Also, hey, <laughs> you think if I buy some of Hunter's art, he'll let me meet the president? Joe Biden, direct quote. I heard him say that. I That's right. I forgot. I, we didn't even get into that. But uh, Hunter Biden artwork in my background someday. I'm hoping I can become so rich as to afford one. Yep, me too. Knuckle hunky buck. Uh, saying that abortion is illegal in all cases isn't even legislating from the bench. It's correctly interpreting the te- interpreting the text in the Constitution protecting the life, liberty, and property. Uh, I, I I wouldn't agree any more than I would say you can write federal murder laws. Like, is it, is it wise to criminalize it? Um, or could I make a distinction from uh, from murder? Not really. But I, I, it's a state's decision to decide. And if you're wondering, should states be allowed to be lenient on murder? Generally, yeah, I would say they should. I don't think that's oh, a place for know. federal oversight either. Um, if you have interstate complications, if you're running like an interstate abortion scheme, maybe. But states, states per the 10th Amendment, states retain police power. The, the Constitution is silent about the issue of, of abortion. That's a, that's, a, that's a state issue. That's interesting because it, it is a protection of somebody's life and liberty uh sure but what's what's the limit there because that could be used to justify federalizing almost any law also logistically all the serial killers would just move to the state with the (laughs) and they'll have to deal with it like you you want to legalize murder you guys will have to deal with it enjoy but uh but yeah let's put it this way i i don't agree with the 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 take necessarily but is it more plausible than what the civil war amputees were writing in the 14th amendment after the civil war was everyone should have a right to uh, an abortion. Like that, that's nonsense. That's nonsense. Right. At least you're reading the text. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like at least, at least there's a plausible case that's textually mm-hmm. based instead yep. of just, I like this. So I plugged it in. <laughs> okay. You heard it here. He liked it. So we plugged it in. Yeah. Joseph Ferrara, MD, as one of the ICU docs here in New York, New Jersey, the specific clip really pissed me off. The caseload is extremely low, and all this reads to me is, we're pissed you didn't do as we said, time to punish you. Joseph, yeah. you might get you might get in some trouble for this. He's, he's, you should hide your power level. Revoked, yeah. Joseph. Thank you for that. Honey Sulfur. I work in a pharmacy that does free testing. They say Delta is on the rise. Ah, oh, crap. Uh, but people are getting tested multiple times because they don't believe the result. <laughs> How many cases are of the same patients? Yes. Yeah, we don't. I don't know that we have an accounting of that. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Blonde, you remember that time that you said you'd never make that Colorado home drive again? Have you changed your mind yet? <laughs> Honestly, no. I'd rather come back from the airport like a dozen times to this house than have to take that drive. I, I have PTSD from that drive with my kid. It was terrible. On the plus side, you could stop in Cheyenne at that bar and pick up a T-shirt. That's right. <laughs> Maybe well, I need saw, to contact Delta again. Yeah. Anyway. Robin D. Banks. Matt and I once debunked, debunked, and debamped Tucker Carlson in a fishing stop. Immediately, fishing shop. Immediately, racism ended, feminism, and the GAEs won, and everyone clapped i heard that too yeah when does that happen racism is over tomorrow morning 9 a.m eastern because of the tucker carlson dunking is is that an official uh, officially on schedule um what is this authored off ridge runner am i O T H ridge runner maybe okay 
Um, per report out of India, the Pfizer vaccine is not effective against the Delta variant. Yeah, what a mm. fucking surprise. Okay. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't heard that, but the the information that's coming out certainly suggests not effective as high as advertised in mm. this country. Yep. Disturbed uh, 2K7. Sup, fam? Um, I'll be on my, uh, mid-shift. Catch your show in a minute. You hear about that Podesta Huang thing? What does that say? Huawei thing? The West Taiwanese are really in all of that Dem Party commies anywho love you guys i he got appointed to some board i i I didn't uh let me do a quick google but it's it's basically new news to me uh yeah china's uh huawei huawei i don't know how to pronounce it um hires democratic lobbyist tony podesta so what do i don't know anything about the company but i guess so he's gonna lobby on behalf of some chinese firm i guess Hmm. Uh, okay sounds about right maybe perfect job for him Knuckle hunky buck. The hospitalist majored in hospitology at the University of Educative Learnation. Okay. Also, she said she admitted healthy people with the coof. Which is it? They were healthy or did they have the coof? Ooh, ayo. Yeah, yeah. Fair point. I mean, I guess she means healthy otherwise, but uh, yeah. she made it up. That's why it was, it was made up. Our Zach DW says, can you please tell everyone Austin, Texas meetup at Lazarus, Bre- Lazarus, Lazarus Brewing Company, 4 p.m., on Saturday, July 31st. That's Austin, Texas Meetup, Lazarus Brewing Company, 4 p.m. on Saturday, July 31st. Thank sure. You. And thanks for supporting the show. If you're the organizer, you want to just send me a quick email. And if anybody is interested in the Austin Meetup this Saturday, uh, just send me an email as well and I'll connect you guys. Thank Michael you. Tyler. Fauci wrote that um, hydroxychloroquine was an ideal treatment for prophylaxis for coronavirus infections, SARS-CoV-1. Everything is a lie. These people are demons. They knowingly let thousands <laughs> die needlessly. Here, here, dude. You are right on. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, warmer and warmer to every so-called conspiracy theory every day. Because they, over time, they become more and more factually demonstrable. They're not out there in tinfoil nonsense. It's like... yeah. Whatever seems yeah. crazy today is proven uh, or at least supported tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rami M. Uh, thank you, sir. Um, Jonathan. Jonathan. Uh, Blonde would have less trouble with travel agents if they weren't the Delta variant. I see what you did there, John. Mm. Holden Mulray. Uh, regarding the math dissonance on unvaccinated deaths, I wonder if 99.5% is cumulative from onset one year ago. Yeah. The numbers still don't work for New Jersey, but maybe it's a special case. Um, early lethal strain. God bless you too. I I don't know. They, there's got to be some, something they're doing at the CDC is uh, taking some mathematical liberties, I think. Yeah. Um, both my legs are asleep. I'm going to have to move into a different position. Long Don John says, did you enjoy the surprise cringe I sent you, man? Yeah, I what did watch it? it. And, um, I, you know, I cut for time tonight cause we had so much to talk about. And honestly, I didn't know if you would survive it anyway, but it was a British mom and daughter who do a cooperative only fans. <gasps> and it was just horrid. I mean, it was just awful. I didn't want to have to edit that up, Oh my! but God. I did watch it. It's out there. That's terrible. Um, oh, that's so much better. Okay. Uh, Tori D, the French win, eighty three seventy six, a dark day for humanity, folks. We've been beaten in basketball. Who cares? The the, uh, the Olympic women's soccer team, they lost their first match to Sweden after taking a knee, too. So we're getting wrecked. I, I think it was the first game since, like, 94 or something. Or 
Olympics would have been 92. So it's been decades since the U.S. didn't earn a single medal on the first day or two of Olympic competition. And that happened this time, including, as he's referencing, our basketball team lost to France. What the hell? Disgrace. I will watch gymnastics. That is that is all. I mean, I'm watching the the man weightlifting against women for sure. When's that coming up? I haven't even looked, but I'm 100 percent watching that. You know, skateboarding is an event this year. I haven't watched it. And uh, I, I mean, I've, I've been into skateboarding my entire life. I don't really skateboard anymore because. Really? Uh-huh. Yeah, I started skateboarding wow, I when I was like. That. My friend and I started skateboarding before we started snowboarding. So I started skateboarding when I was like 12. And high school, me used to hang out at the skate park every day after school. So that's all we did. Wow, but, it's like I don't even know you. Well, as you've only known me and really my posts. I, I, snowboarding is still big to me. Skateboarding. Dude, that's a young man's sport. I've rolled, I've rolled too many ankles. I've fallen on the concrete too many times. I can still push around on it, but I'm not going to try anything that's going to, that's going to, it just hurts that the falls hurt too much to deal with, uh, when you're over 30 years old, you know, we're not over there. We're 23. (laughs) Speak for yourself, but (laughs) Olympic skateboarding does seem kind of weird. I mean, skateboarding has always been sort of counterculture, and uh like a, i don't know like a punk kid thing to do yeah. and now i guess i should celebrate that it's mainstreamed and acceptable but i i don't know it's been a long time since i've actively followed skateboarding too like mm-hmm. i'll play tony hawk or something once in a while but i don't really follow skateboarding like i used to um knuckle hunky buck that's all the left does play weird games with words of function transmissibility to humans was gained added after previously not existing <clears throat> through research study and experimentation yeah, but it's not exactly. gain of function, despite the gain of function. Of function, right. <laughs> Jimmy says, uh, did you hear how Sydney, Australia, that of 141 people in hospital with COVID, 140 of them are fully vaccinated and one had one dose? I have not true? seen I've not seen that. But, you know, again, given some of the international data that we're seeing, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. Long Don John. Also, um, I hope you've heard of Eric Clapton. He's doing the right thing and refusing to play at any venue that requires vaccine passports for entry. More artists need to follow his lead. Yes, Van Morrison is also doing that. Interesting. The great well, Van good, Morrison. Good for them. Yeah. Jake Hartstern says, so my answer to the job, what? Jab, I guess. Trying to evade Susan. The left goes too far when it starts redefining terms and words. And it's something we need to take seriously and push back on. Yes, uh, everybody needs to read 1984 if they have not already. Mm. Steamroller. ICU RN at one of the busiest hospitals in Arizona. Sorry about what I said about nurses. Uh, Cared for (laughs) dying COVID patients. Mask worn at work. Now job in question due to mandatory vax policy. Single dad just bought a new home. Um, I don't know what I would do at this point. I really feel... I really feel a lot of uh, sympathy for for people who are That's in this spot rough, yeah. where you're you're going to be pressured by your bosses or your social circles or other things that are crucial to your life to take a stab and take an injection that you don't want to out of your own free choice. Um, and as I've said before, like given my situation in life right now, I don't feel like it makes sense for me to take the vaccine, but. Um, if you put me in a position where I had to do it to protect my family's livelihood or I had to do it in some other service to my wife or kid or our household stability, I mean, I'd, I'd have to put some thought to it. So I, I want everybody to do what they, they feel compelled to do and what their conscience tells them. But I also can't fault you if you decide that there are certain priorities in your life that you, you wouldn't necessarily want to compromise, um, family and household stability. 
are pretty high up there. It's it's regrettable. It sucks, but I, I don't. I'm not going to look down on anybody who who has to make that sort of choice. I feel they're having a wrong committed against them. The whole thing sucks. Yeah, definitely. But you know, take into account that you might be dead in two years from the vaccine. So trade offs. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Tyler. Blunt, please interview Hatun Tosh, five foot two ex-Muslim Christian woman preacher, just stabbed multiple times at Speaker's Corner by a knife of peace. She stood up bloodied and continued preaching. Man, that's brave. And yeah, I haven't heard anything stupid. about that. Yeah. Wow. Another by um Space Whale. To all my fellow Washingtonians, Washingtonians, Tonians, oh my God. Please look into the new long-term care tax coming up soon. You need private insurance to get out of the new state tax by November 1st or you're automatically wow good god well thanks for the heads up Mm -hmm. yep um Waco says I only insist in the same firearms that police use and for exactly the same reason that they use them I am not a second class (laughs) citizen (laughs) that was the original intent it really was equalization of of force um was the intent yep so that's not that sounds extremist but it's not uh, Synergy Force says David Chipman wasn't bullied enough as a child. I I could get behind that. Yeah, he's got a really punchable face. I feel like people probably haven't taken advantage of that enough. Um, no comments. <laughs> Best movie diarrhea scene: Dumb and Dumber or Bridesmaids? What's the diarrhea scene in Dumb and Dumber? I, uh, it's oh, where Lloyd gives him. It, well, it's like midway through the movie, he gives him all those laxatives to sabotage his visit with Mary, oh, and yeah. he ends up on Mary's toilet and he can't flush. That was I love that movie. That's like that's like not even top ten funniest moments in that movie to me. And I I've seen Bridesmaids, but I can't remember the diarrhea scene in that. Neither can I. And was I'm it Melissa McCarthy? Is she the one who does it? I don't remember. I don't know. I probably tuned tuned it out because I don't like thinking about chicks and diarrhea. So I probably just <laughs> looked the other way for a little while. Your wife is probably pooping right now. <laughs> I, I'll leave Joseph it at that. Ferraro, MD. I'm going to get in trouble uh, if I say a damn word. I'm not going to say anything. Or Corey. Sorry. That's the next one. <laughs> I have it on good authority that sucking blood is a euphemism for sex. So yeah, I believe it. Maybe. I don't think that, I don't think that old Joe Biden is, is laying any pipe these days. I hate myself for saying that. as soon as it came out, I was like, uh, no, this has gone too far, but for real, that guy is, you know, is no this- <laughs> Um, Coleman Sweeney, there's no doubt in my mind that Chipman hasn't done meth and is more guilty of murder than the Tiger King is. Chipman is a bathroom foot tapper. Probably. I don't uh, know what that, what does that one mean? uh, The bathroom foot tapper? Yeah. What is that? That that you're looking for gay sex in a, in a Oh, is that the, like the known signal? Oh, it's the Larry Craig scandal. Got it. All right. Yeah. A slosher morning blonde roast coffee for racists that need coffee too. (laughs) Business opportunity. Yeah. Think about it. Uh, Barry Dvorak says, is it Hafer had some never mentioned the terrible anti-Semitic attacks last year Um, at any time then or since he retweeted the New York Times article and didn't suggest he had any issue with it for five days. 100 percent like, yeah, he's he's a lying bastard. And I hadn't heard of this either. I know they took a lot of flack from the Rittenhouse incident, but -hmm. I had never heard claims that like the anti-Semitic trolls came for us. If he spoke about that prior, I would like to know. But yeah, I, I never saw that. It was probably just like one person on Twitter that was like, you're a stupid Jew or something like that. It's and he's probably. like, oh, anti-Semitic trolls. Um, who hasn't been trolled? I spent all afternoon trolling some random bitch. 
Gary Christensen, Biden says criminals get guns illegally. Yeah, criminals don't follow the law. Gun laws only affect lawful gun owners. By the way, you know the difference between a chickpea and a garbanzo bean? I, somebody did this last week. I've never had a garbanzo bean on my face. Yeah, I know. I get it. I get it. Don't give him a rim shot. That's a gross joke, and he took it from somebody last I, week. That's and they true. We, we do need to have rules. If it's a repeat joke, maybe it's not rim shot eligible. Knuckle hunky buck. Cancel culture usually doesn't entail someone saying, I'll pay you to leave. That's true. Roseanne didn't tweet, if you don't agree that this lady looks like an ape, <laughs> stop watching my show. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I mean, Poor he Roseanne. is telling you, go away. It's not just like, hey, if, if you have this viewpoint, um, uh, well, he is, I, I, it's not just saying, hey, if you have this viewpoint, I wish, I wish to uh, disassociate. He's, he's saying, I'll cut you a check to do it. And again, I'm waiting on the check. Where do I sign yeah. up? I've cultivated my entire racist career for this moment. I want my black <laughs> rifle coffee money. <laughs> Checks in the mail. Uh, Gibby, when you, get, Gibby, when Gibby. you finally get home, it's just going to be nothing but black rifle cash in that mailbox. Yeah, really? Yeah. Seagram's Jen. When we boycott, they want to say that this is cancel culture, but did I just read this? No. They're trying to change the terms again. The two are not equivalent. No one boycotting is demanding them wiped from the public arena. Probably and that's a fair distinction, too. I mean, I... I want everybody to make their own assessment. Don't if you decide to cancel your own Black Rifle subscription, don't do it because I told you to or we told you to do it because you think that what they said is uh, not square with your beliefs or your values or whatever. It, yeah, that that's I the thing that I get annoyed by is our are, are, is cancel culture and criticism the same thing. I'm not trying to meddle or sabotage their business. But they've told me they don't want the association. I'm just trying to be honest about that and criticize some of the things that they're saying. Slosher says new show merch ideas, coffee mugs with the show logo and the words hot bean water. You know, people in the live chat were saying like, oh, she just doesn't drink good. I have drank like the best quality coffee from all the places that grow the. I don't care. It's fucking gross. I have to put a bunch of stuff in it to make it taste good. I, I can't drink black coffee. I can't their, do it. Their coffee is distinctly uh, like smoky to me and pretty much all the oh. blends were. And um as I said, my wife had the same opinion the whole time. She's very proud because she says she hated Black Rifle Coffee the entire time, as I mentioned. <laughs> um, I'm not, I, I, I don't have sophisticated coffee taste, but that said, their coffee. No one to does. Me, These people are liars. It, it was very smoky. And I just figured that some people like that. Um, it, it, it's not my favorite, but, you know, I, I drown all my coffee in creamer anyway, so it doesn't really matter. I put a little bit of milk in it, and then I act like I don't drink it for anything but the effects. You know, people smoke crack. They can get over doing something if it has positive effects. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Son of the Wolf. Um, late breaking news. Matt doesn't like fun stuff. More in this shocking revelation later. What was Leave the fun Matt stuff alone. I didn't like? The movie or what? Probably. I don't know. Um, home and Hole. Sorry I missed most of the show tonight. Looking forward to catching up uh, on my flight from the frying pan to the fire. California to Seattle this week. Yuck. Ah. Frosty. What's the difference between a wacky conspiracy theorist and the truth? Eight months. <laughs> yeah. Getting faster at this point, too. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Rob D. While you take out the killings, Washington actually has a very, very low crime rate. Uh, former D.C. Mayor Marion Barry. Uh, proved nothing <laughs> Biden says is sensible or original. So, Y'all akin to a smoke-filled bar reeking of freedom. So that's actually a basically a plagiarized point, too. It's not even original. Well, if you don't count the killings, the crime situation is pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah, really. If you don't count all the rape, there's no sexual assault here. Um, Lapco 92. I only mm. watch women's curling in the Winter Olympics. Why? A group of women sweeping like their lives <laughs> depend on it is fabulous entertainment. Uh, 
hmm. Stars and Stripes. I used to live in Bozeman. I miss that granola town. Love your show. I don't think it's like that anymore. Oh, it's definitely, uh, it's more glitzy. It's more glamorous. The Californian beautiful people are moving here. Missoula is the real hippie granola place. This is just full of um, rich coastal people who like to put on a, a Patagonia jacket and act like they're outdoorsy. That is what Bozeman is home to now. Yeah. So it's trending the wrong way, but it's still a fantastic place to live. And I'm hoping to hang on as long as there are livable years here, but they are surely numbered. Last one is from Pep. After the CDC changing the deaths after vaccine numbers, I will not take the vaccine no matter what. Well, good for you for taking your stance. And um, as always, best to you and your family, my friend. And thanks for supporting the show. Um, we are at time. So I, I think I could probably wrap up here if you need to step out. Let sure. me know, but I, I might It's been out. real, guys. Thank you so much. Um, I will be, God help me, I will be back at my house on Wednesday before the show. So it's going to be okay. Supposedly. We'll Thank you for bearing with out. me while I was on, you know, I was like, Gavin McInnes answered his phone while I'm like texting <laughs> Delta the first half of the show. I knew okay. we were going to have to do it. It's like I was saying before we go live. All right, if we have to do this, we have to, but let's just not like pretend that we're not doing it. I thought that would have been the worst look where we don't say anything and you're sitting there texting. That I'm sorry. I'm bad. sorry. But it worked out and I never actually dropped the call and everything's fine and we made it and it's over and it's okay. Well, you, you better get the hell out of here before uh, <laughs> it gets worse, I guess. All right. All right bye, um, guys. We'll see you on Wednesday. Whoops. Wrong camera. Let me get it right. There we go. Uh, okay. I'll close out with uh, Tippy Stream, Trovo, and DLive. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for your patience. Uh, looks like we're doing all right over on D Live. Thank you guys. Chubby Stubby over on Trovo says trimmers are only for use on your balls and your head. Just let the beard grow. You know you wanna. I haven't shaved in over four years now. Uh, and also uh, some spells for the show. Thank you for that. Appreciate it. Um, maybe someday. Like I said, the, when I just let it go, it grows in so it's. I don't know if I'd call it patchy. It's just inconsistent growth. Some parts are growing crazy long. Others are growing slow and it gets very icy and curly and just it, it looks terrible. So do I have admiration and respect for uh, men who have made the four year investment in a beard? Absolutely. Have I reached that level of confidence? Not quite yet. And of course, um, when I'm trying to do things like that while having to appear visually on the internet all the time it's an added degree of difficulty not that i should care necessarily i'm not trying to guide my appearance by what people want me to appear as but you know how the internet is when you change even one slight detail people uh become very upset with with such things as i'm sure there might be some upset with my uh two trimmed beard tonight but believe me i'm upset with that too i was uh betrayed by a faulty beard trimmer and perhaps i need to invest in a new one Okay, uh, just tippy stream and we will call it a night. I forget where I left off. Let's see. Uh, late to the party says for more of the vaccine info. Oh, uh, yeah, I did. I did this one. All right. A mostly peaceful gun owner says Matt and I once made love. I called him my little super spreader and he caused a sudden rise and sprayed him. Come on, man. I've let my mom listens to this show. Uh, sprayed his viral load all over me. Okay. <laughs> I do this for a living, mom. Uh, escaped convict. <laughs> As an Aussie expat and now proud American citizen. Sorry, blonde. I'm afraid or I am often asked about the tipping culture here. Why not just pay the minimum wage? They'll ask simple for a lot of. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
you're really putting me in trouble here. Um, for a lot of certain workers, if they didn't get tips, they'd never serve you. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I guess I don't have a lot of experience in that department, but I, I can see how tips should be earned. That is the broader point. And with that, I agree. Uh, Mark Duquesne says, here's 20 for another month of restream. Thank you for that. Uh, Kyle behaved exactly as a good scout should. He's a good man being accused by a corrupt partisan system. Any neutral observer can see this. So anyone who is against Kyle's against me, fuck Black Rifle. And they did. I, they did eventually come out and say, yeah, we support the right to self-defense. And uh, if he defended himself, we support it. But man, it, it really had to be ripped out of them. Like, uh, like they're pulling a tooth or something like that. So you decide for yourself, is it a sincere backing of the right to self-defense and Kyle Rittenhouse, or is it sort of a half sincere explanation that the market demanded? I don't know. I mean, you couldn't get them to talk about Kyle Rittenhouse until 10, 15 minutes into that Dana Lash interview, partly because they weren't asked about it in fairness to them, but also partly because they themselves didn't think it was fit to bring up, which is sort of a, a weird thing given it's the entire nature of the controversy. I mean, we, so much deflecting about we support veterans issues and we support this cause and that cause. And that's great. Like I'm sure that company does do a lot of beneficial charitable action. I'm not taken away from them, but the controversy about your company was not whether you are sufficiently charitable. The controversy with the company was the degree to which you threw Kyle Rittenhouse under the bus and the degree to which you threw people who support him under the bus. And that needed to be addressed number one. And it wasn't, it was addressed like number 10 and that's pretty frustrating. So you decide if you accept that order of priority or not. Phil says that was, uh, uh, that the reaction, let's see. Oh, that the reaction from BRCC was, <laughs> uh, shut it down. <laughs> Phil is hilarious. Uh, stereotypes exist for a reason. Well, uh, thank you, Phil. I appreciate it. And, um, I, I don't know. I, all I know is I'm not satisfied with the answer and uh, it doesn't seem like they have any interest in well, by their own by their own uh, explanation. They have no interest in hearing from me about it or having my support or having my business or having any sort of relationship, even though there's probably a lot of stuff we agree on. And maybe this one thing that they don't, I guess my viewpoints are too extreme or intolerable and they would just rather disassociate from me and presumably a lot of listeners of the show that's up to them that's fine um but i won't be listening when they complain about lost revenue down the line anyway that is a show thank you guys for uh hanging out with us chubby stubby over on trovo supporting the show as well thank you um we will be back uh on sunday uh well we'll be back on, on wednesday i should say blonde is supposedly going to be at her uh at her usual location and hopefully these technical issues will be put to bed but of course we appreciate your patience in helping us navigate them and hopefully that'll be the end of them but you know as always it wouldn't be this show without some complications and some duct tape appreciate your listen if you're looking for more to listen to we do have more um on the audio platforms if you want to listen back to the call-in show you want to hear some extra interviews or other material you might not find on youtube it's all in the audio platforms of the show they're linked in the description on youtube as well as on the website that's mattchristiansonmedia.com anything else uh, if you'd like to support the show if you'd like to get in touch with us if you'd like to read the movie reviews buy a shirt whatever Everything else is on the website as well, mattchristensenmedia.com. We'll be back next Sunday. 
if Delta allows it. Because if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd, it's not Meet the Press. It is the Matt and Blonde Show. Have a good night. Thank you.